It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hi, welcome to G2 Hardcore, and tonight we have three Superman books that came out this week. American Alien, Action, and Superman, Lois and Clark. But first, I want to say hello to Tej. Hey, Tej. Hi, Holly. I didn't even greet you when we came on before the show. Hi, how are you, Holly? Are you well? (laughs) Yeah, this weekend been treating you well. A clean house? Is that a thrill or what? That that's well. You're taking care of your house. You know, there's there's yeah. a, there's a saying in uh, Hinduism that when you take care of your house, God takes care of you. So. Oh, good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, DC Entertainment has fired Shelley Bond, who was been with them for decades um she was over vertigo now when they made that they hadn't made that announcement that long ago that she would be taking over vertigo Mm. and i was like oh good so we're gonna have another karen Berger." you know and i thought well vertigo will be in good hands and now they're getting rid of her and apparently her female understudy correct yes she worked with, I cannot remember the other woman's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, I think it was something with a K or a T. I don't know. Um, maybe it's KT. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I can't remember your name. Uh, there was, she worked with somebody uh, close with her, obviously, like, you know, like how you have co-pubs and stuff that work together. And they, they, they didn't fire them. DC worded this email, you know, so nastily. Uh, they said their positions um, have no more place, basically, in DC Comics and have been of vertigo and have been eliminated. And thus, we are letting go of uh, Shelley Bond and um, the person who worked right next to her, under her, basically. Yeah, and uh, at one time, I think Hank Canals was the vice president of Vertigo and mm-hmm. Digital. So I think when they made the announcement about Shelly, that he, she got, I mean, she'd been working with DC for 20, 30 years, something like that. But, oh, they're going to let her go. Yeah, since before I was born, that's basically how long she's been working uh, with DC with, yeah, with DC Comics. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to tweet anything about this because everything's already been said. I'm not a Vertigo person. I don't know much about Vertigo. I do know, however, though, at one point in DC Comics history, when, you know, the other stuff absolutely sucked and they couldn't connect with 
their core um, members or the core readers of, you know, because they had all these sort of elderly men who didn't understand the, the youth of today that, oh, girls are coming in. Girls read, com- even though girls have been reading comics since action comics number one. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Because there was this, like, very strong female presence that started coming out in the 1980s and early uh, 90s and stuff. And they just didn't understand that, you know. They didn't understand the goths. They didn't understand the those sort of people. And Vertigo literally lifted, I mean, Vertigo, when you watch um, The Secret Origins of DC Comics, they spend a whole bunch of time talking about how Vertigo connected them and made them relevant, you know, right. and and how these characters transcended being, I mean, this is this happens every, at, at every cornerstone of good DC um, footing. These, these characters transcended paper and digital, you know, pixels and became living, breathing characters and people to some people. And, you know, well, the, the most popular, yeah. I think what it is, too, is that Vertigo was basically a creator-owned uh, book system mm-hmm. where Karen Berger brought in these you know, especially the guys from England, you had Alan Moore, you had Grant Morrison, you had Neil Gaiman, um, who came in and just kicked butt. I mean, they put them originally, like, on, um, like, especially Morrison, um, mm-hmm. they put him on, what, Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol and Alan yeah, Moore. Thing. Yeah, and, and Alan Moore was doing um, Frankenstein, and yeah. uh, strange and strange tales, you know, from right. like the swamps and the, it was it was very sort of horror. That's the genre, horror, yeah. right? Right. And and so and, and, and Neil Gaiman did stuff. This, and, yeah, Neil Gaiman did like Sandman and Death and all that and sort of but, and but brought the Neil, Sandman was more or less Neil Gaiman's own because. He completely transformed that character. It wasn't... Com- yeah, completely, completely, yeah. completely transformed so, the character. And it, but basically, these were creator-owned creator stories that Karen had these creators who had their own stuff. And basically, I mean, every like Mark Wade says, you know, every goth girl was reading Sandman, mm-hmm. you know. And... Good. So, I mean, Vertigo has, I mean, if you have, well, the thing about it is, is that when they lost Karen Berger, Vertigo kind of lost its way. And so did DC Entertainment. I mean, they let, her, mm-hmm. they let her go. They put Bob Harris in as editor-in-chief, which really should have gone to Karen Berger. And, mm-hmm. But they were going for the boys' club. And not they're, they're still doing that. They're still going yeah. for the boys' club, right? Because I mean, when you hear who who's been not not even replacing them because the positions have been eliminated, quote unquote, you know, um, they just have sort of Dan. The, the thing is, Dan DeDio and and Jim Lee are running everything now, and um, and then they have basically like caretakers while you know Jim Lee's drawing a cover or something. And Dan DeDio is 
worrying about sales. You know, they have people who will just take care of it who are basically more guys, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if these guys are like, listen, according to Shelley Bond, it's in good hands, but, you know, what else is she going to say? You know, if if she says anything else on her Twitter account, she's going to start, then they're going to say, oh, well, she's a bitch. And, you know, that sort of thing, because she's not happy, because her position has been eliminated. That's how the, you know, that's how social media will, will switch. Well, that's how they get rid of people, you know, nowadays, so they don't have a lawsuit. It's they mm-hmm. get rid of the position. And how much you want to make a bet, a few months down the line, Vertigo is going to come back. It's going to be some guy running it. Oh, I will take that bet with you because it will be the easiest money I've ever made. I Listen, we know DC Comics, we know what they're up to. We know their styles by now. Um, right. Some it, people it's, were upset because they let a woman go, but they kept Eddie Berganza. And no, it's, it's, you know, I'm not upset that the fact it's a woman. I'm not saying, oh, they're being even though they are, they're being sexy. Well, I mean, whatever. Shelley was there three decades. Hello. The I mean, fact is, the fact is they let someone who knew how to handle this line, who could make them money, who could connect with the audience, right? They let that person go. They let this right. person who has been working with them since before I was born for two decades, right? This person has been working with them, has been building a brand for them. And they just say, oh, your position's been eliminated. Sorry, we don't have place for you anymore. That's what I'm upset about, is that you're killing off and you're throwing away the people who have been loyal to you and who have built something for you. And now you're giving it to, you know, somebody who's probably going to crap all over it, right? And, And not respect it. They just want the whole thing of, Oh, we, you know, we want the virtual line. We can handle that. We can handle the strange and weird people, you know. Um, and the fact is, what made me even more angry is that they go and they say, and they, and then, you know, they they fire a woman, yes, and they keep a sexual harasser who I can, you know, out there say it because so many people have come out over those weeks. <laughs> And basically outed Eddie Braganza and said, yes, you know, what what this girl said a year back on her Tumblr page is absolutely true. What this person said five years back, you know, on their Twitter feed is absolutely true. Eddie Braganza is a sexual harasser. And he's not just a sexual harasser. He he plays like this, you know, the, the... picture that was painted of him, he plays this hunter and prey sort of thing, where he literally goes after these new incoming women, and he basically makes it the, the worst experience of their lives at DC Comics. Well, okay. And, I, I read an article that went back, okay, apparently most of this sexual harassment stuff happened four years ago. The very public stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Eddie went into therapy. Warner's brother says, you need to go to therapy. Right. And so they put him through therapy, and apparently there mm-hmm. hasn't been any incident since. But Eddie said that he thought he might be a closet gay, and he was just acting out. 
I don't know what that means. But um, but the point is, is that there's this uh, saying or possible uh, edict that no females will be working under Eddie in the Superman office, as if it would be too much temptation for Eddie to have a female working under him. So no females can work in the Superman group. Right. I mean, you know, Nicola did do Superman work, but she was on the other side of the world. And yes, I don't think, Australia. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Eddie was over Superman at the time. Remember when in 2012, yeah, it was just after um, the um, New 52 started. Eddie was like executive editor, she or something, executive editor, and he got demoted for indiscretions. And everybody's like, "What? What's an indiscretion? What did he do?" Mm-hmm. So now we know what he did. He got demoted, and then Matt Idelson was the editor over the supergroup. Okay, and he hired Diggle, as far as I know. To, to take over action because um, and then Diggle found out he was going to have to write the foment and I don't mm-hmm. know I think Idelson because those guys have to submit a whole year of stories and I think Idelson was trying to like okay this stuff is not working we need to go in another direction you know I don't know but Diggle left the book and mm-hmm. um that's about the time that Eddie was handed the supergroup. So anytime that you, you know, you and I both have commented about the editing in these books. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I I would gladly take Eddie Braganza's place, DC Comics, for a quarter of whatever you're paying him. Because I would do a better job at editing. I mean, seriously, translated from Pakistani, not even yeah. a language. Yeah. And and it's you know it's small things like talking to Shazam, but you know the dialogue is all to Shazam, but the figure in front of Stargirl is Superman, and you're like, yeah. the fuck? What? You know, what's happening? Well, and, and, you know, him referencing books, and you look at the reference, and you look at the book, and that didn't happen in that. Exactly. And and then you go, and, and we as readers know what happened in books, right? Especially you and I, because we, like, document everything. We go, and, I mean, still, up to this day, we can pull out stuff. We can, you know, I was having a... Um, Twitter battle with this one format. I don't even know why I give them the time of day. Um, but, you know, it's, it irritates me that they don't know crap, right? And they're like, uh, well, Lois was unfaithful to Superman in the pre-52 and the new 52, and that's why he ditched her. And I was like, excuse me? What? When? Right, and the, and you know you have to go and defend Lois. I don't know what it is about me is that whenever anyone 
tries to talk bad about pre-Flashpoint Superman, pre-Flashpoint Lois, pre-Flashpoint anything, I want right. to I want to take a sledgehammer to the head. You know, that's what I really want to do because I'm like, get it through your thick skull that so what, they would so never. They, <clears throat> so what yeah, did this guy anyway, say again? That pre-52 Lois was unfaithful to Superman. How? Um, oh, she cheated on him. Point when? Point. I'm like, where? Where? When? And they're like, oh, when he died in funeral of a friend or something, she kissed one bloke. And I'm like, huh? And I'm and what? You know, and... That's true. That's true, but then they went further and they said, "Oh, they did stuff." And I'm like, "Excuse me, no, she went into no, the no. because Lois was so distraught. Lois was so distraught about that one kiss that there, there was no way. I mean, she, you exactly. know, she's like, "I can't do this," you know. And then Clark just, came yeah, back. she she goes into her apartment and starts crying. She just she just breaks it and goes into her apartment and starts crying. So I, I can't dishonor. That's the word she used. I actually went and read the comics this week because I was, had my feels about, you know, the Superman funeral of a friend and stuff. And she says, I cannot dishonor Clark's memory like this. So, right. yeah, shut up, Superman's people. Um, well, okay, and yeah, I, okay. And, and, okay, so he ditched her. Excuse me. He freaking married her after that. Uh, yeah, that's what I told him. I'm like, did you not know in 1996 they got married after that? And she and she even tells him about it, and he's like, "Lois, it's just a damn kiss, you know." It's in one of the the the, the adventures of Superman. She's talking about you know when he was gone and stuff like that, and uh, it was so difficult for her because these four Supermen came down, and you know she couldn't tell who was who and everything, and he's like, "Lois." don't worry, I'm still marrying you. I, you know, and then they, they broke off the engagement. Oh, yeah, and then they say, oh, that's why he broke off the engagement. I'm like, no, no, no. But anyway, I'm not... Engagement because they, the TV show came to be, they couldn't do the wedding right away, so that's why they broke off the engagement. And then when the TV show says, okay, we're going to do the wedding, and it kind of was last minute, so they had to get Lois back into Metropolis. Mm-hmm. In you know, the most kick-ass entrance of all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but anyway, I don't even know like why. I, I, think I, tell you, I know don't know stuff. why. Why doesn't Eddie Berganza know this stuff? Why is exactly. it exactly? You know, That's and the thing. why it's, do they keep him? And people are saying, well, he's blackmailing one of his bosses. And well, somebody says, well, no, that's not true. I don't know. Is he that valuable? Does he shit gold? What is the deal? Because. <laughs> You know, and if if he's there and no women can work under him because it would be too big of a temptation for him, then what does that say about the company? I mean, again, it's, oh, women not allowed because, you know, poor Eddie's got a problem. That's like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, nobody's allowed to, um, you know, bring their lunch into work because Eddie has a problem with certain foods. Yeah, it's like it's like saying basically if I have to equate it to um a real life situation, it's like, Oh, your mother's on a diet, so you're not allowed to bring in ice cream into the house for yourself because 
It'll tempt her. No, there's something called willpower. There is something called being an adult, okay? Um, and there's something called get rid of Eddie Puganza. You know, I said if he's blackmailing them, right? right. And this person who's being blackmailed, damn it, you. <laughs> no, I don't think it's Dan. I, I, I think it's Jim Lee. I, I think it's Jim Lee. I think it's, I think it's Bob Harris and maybe Jim Lee, an extension of that, because, you know, those two are pretty tight. But I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm thinking more Bob Harris, because Bob Harris worked in New York at Marvel. Right. So, and Jim mm-hmm. Lee's on the West Coast with what, yeah. uh, that whole time. So I'm thinking it's Harris. I don't think it's the Didio. I mean, yes. apparently one of the execs was caught literally with his pants down. Right, but I mean, it's 2016. You know what I mean? That you doesn't know? mean it's, Jack. I mean, if okay, what meaning he had his pants down? That means somebody or something was happening that maybe shouldn't have been. Right, but that's the thing. It's take responsibility for that. I mean, how many U.S. presidents have been? caught with their pants down, you know what I mean? And and it's still like they still yeah. hold a high office. They still have a high uh, sort of uh, standard in, in people's heads, right? The thing is, how many politicians around the world, our president included, have been caught with their pants down, you know, in a situation like that? People move on, you know. That's why you have a PR department and stuff. You to to swing it in your way, and the thing is, you know, they're acting like a bunch of kids. They're truly, truly acting like a bunch of teenagers who don't know what's what. Um, you know, if if uh, Eddie Berganza is honestly blackmailing somebody, and you can, and you are so afraid to get rid of him. Put him somewhere that is not Superman. Put him somewhere, yeah. you know, but I don't Justice know. The, no. Uh, <laughs> the, the, listen. Where's my Superman squad? My Superman is getting... Yeah, yeah. My Superman is getting into Justice League, so I don't want him messing... Oh. You know, anything that has Superman in it, keep him away from that. Put him um, on freaking yeah. Batman. Batman. Yeah, put him on Batman, okay? Um, I don't care. Put him somewhere that isn't the most morally high superhero you have. You know what I mean? Superman stands for a certain moral highness, okay? Right. Uh, every Every character in the Superman mythology, even the villains, have some sort of moral high ground that they stand upon. And the fact that you have this guy who is doing something wrong, caught somebody else doing something wrong, and is using that as blackmail and... Well, and, uh, it's still debatable whether that's absolutely true or not. So, But I think the point is, is that... But this is all the rumors, right? Is- I'm just saying. Right. right. But if you have was, if you have somebody surrounded by all these rumors and all the sort of not good things that don't speak well for your moral standing, he shouldn't be anywhere near Superman. 
you should be as far away. Put him on suicide squad because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Right? Unmoral people doing good in the world. I don't know what the suicide squad stands for anymore. Basically just nonsense well, and violence. The thing about um, Superman is, is that he has a strong, or used to have, until they didn't want to make money with him anymore, and now he's going back to it, uh, a strong female influence. Martha Kent, mm-hmm. Laura, Lois Lane, okay? She's been with him mm-hmm. since day one. Strong female uh, influence. People who read Action Comics, number one, 1938, not only had a man or men to look up to, but also had a woman. And mm-hmm. to have Berganza in a position where, you know, you know, great, good for him if he's in recovery, but his recovery should not deter females working in the supergroup office, if that's true, because exactly. Superman's better with a female influence. Good. And the best Superman so, comics, in my, in my honest opinion, the best Superman comics and the best eras to, to read Superman comics have always had a female influence in the comics. Right. Take the 1990s, right? Well, Louis, Louis Simonson. Simonson, yeah. Uh, is it Simonson? Okay. <laughs> yeah, she brought the emotion, emotional part of, of the story. I mean, her and John really, you know, I mean, if you ever read The Death of Superman um, and you read her Man of Steel book with the Lois realizing she had to talk to the Kents, the Kents burying mm-hmm. Clark stuff. I mean, it brings tears. I mean, I'm in tears every time I read it. That's what I you need. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the thing about it is, is you need a strong female influence with Superman. If Eddie Berganza's presence as group editor deters that in any way, shape, or form, then move him somewhere else. I don't care where, but get him out of the supergroup office. Obviously, anyone who last year would say, get Superman in trouble when his books were all, book sales were already in trouble, that and is not okay. and I'm sure <laughs> and I'm sure that came from above from his bosses who have wacky ideas about, you know, I think they re- literally tr- were trying to destroy Superman because no. they don't understand him. And the thing about it is is that Berganza goes along with it and he it was a free for all. You know, they say, oh, well, Eddie Berganza was there and blah, blah, blah. Okay, basically, he just said, have at it. And I I swear, he no more edited those books than The Man in the Moon. It's like, okay, because you read one book (laughs) and something happened there, and then you go to another book, and it's like, oh, well, that didn't happen, but the exact opposite happened. And you're going, wait a minute, where's the, where's the, I mean, if you read a book, if you read a series, especially if they all have an encompassing arc, shouldn't mm-hmm. you be able to read the story? And the things that happen here, you can build on over here. But no, that doesn't happen under Berganza now. 
I mean, he may have been a great editor at one point in his career, but what I've always said about Eddie Berganza is Eddie's only good as his editor-in-chief. He was good. He was great under Mike Carlin. He was so-so mm-hmm. under Dan Dio, but he was a really mess under Bob Harris. Oh, yeah. So get Eddie out of the super group. I don't care if you make him head janitor at Warner Brothers. I don't care. Just get him out of the super group. I don't care if you don't fire him. I just don't want him in the super group any longer. I don't want, I don't want, and if he is, you know, blackmailing a boss, that is not helping Superman at all. So let him move someplace else and still blackmail his boss because what he's done to Superman is horrible. Mm -hmm. And here's Jeff Johns saying, you know, we got to, and you know, one of the stipulations should have been get Eddie off the super group, especially if females are not allowed to work under Eddie unless they're halfway across the world and only get to talk to him over the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I completely agree. You know, um, if if that's what I said, if it's if it's too much, if you can't handle the 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 embarrassments of being outset of you know whatever Eddie Briganza did, blah blah blah, or whatever it is, put him hide him somewhere. You know, like you said, make him head janitor. We don't care. Keep him away from. I I would say maybe keep him away from Wonder Woman, uh, because Greg Rapp oh. would probably punch him. Actually, no, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. This article also said a stipulation for Greg to do Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman is no longer under Eddie Berganza's supergroup. Oh, well, you know, Greg Pack can, uh, Greg Draka, sorry, excuse me. Greg Draka, can you, can you, like, I don't know, schmooze with, with the supergroup and tell them get rid of Eddie Berganza as well? But, um, you know, I mean, he obviously, Greg could look at the books and knew what was, you know, what people were saying, and he knew. He knows the situation. I mean, it's not been, I mean, dude was doing shit in public four years ago, at least. Mm-hmm. And so he knows the situation, and so he knows what he, what happened in that book, and he knows what the Finches have done, and and he's like, No. The problem is, is that you've got a sexual harasser who's over Wonder Woman, seriously, mm. and they're teach, treating her like, you know, a hot and tot, you know, like, you know, she'll spread her legs for anybody. So one of the stipulation was, you know, it, Greg Rucka saw a problem, and he figured he could fix it if they wanted him bad enough. He says, get Wonder Woman out from underneath Eddie Berganza in the supergroup. Mm. And they did because they want Wonder Woman fixed. They want Wonder Woman fixed. Now, if they only want Superman fixed and get Eddie Berganza out of the Superman office. But you know what that tells me? You know what that tells me, Holly, is that if all this in the article is true, which let's let's admit it, all the stuff stems from a root of truth, right? It's it's not. The the comic book industry is like they keep they are the worst keepers of secrets because oh, yeah. all their dirty all, all their dirty laundry can be found online. Um, right. 
And so if there's a, even a stem of truth in this, right, it means that they're actually caring about these characters. I don't think Dan Jurgens and Peter Tomasi are the type of people to take, sh- you know, sh- sh- slip from, from Eddie Begranza because what I saw in the rebirth, and I keep telling this to you, what I saw in the rebirth, uh, hope, press junket thing was Dan Jurgen standing up to the mafia. And I'm like, yeah. you know, yay. You know, I'm all, I will give him every, all my money. All my money will go towards action comics. I will be buying it bi-monthly, even though it will be more expensive for me because it will be, you know, $4 a month or $5 a month, um, you know, oh, six, whatever, compared to you know, just, just buying one book, which was Lowe's and Clark. I will be buying his book bi-monthly, and depending on Peter Tomasi, because he's still on my watch list, I'm still like, I'm keeping, the, you know, the corner of my eye still on you. Um, he's on probation. <laughs> he, he's on probation, very well, very well said. Um, you know, depending on what he's writing, because Superman could could go like wonky, I don't know, if he's writing this version of Superman, if, if if he's telling us in his Super League arc, dude, I can write Superman. Here's the proof. Proof will be in the pudding next next week in the format. Yeah. Um. I honestly, that that is my the two format books is where I will test him to say, okay, I'll put I'll put your Superman on my pull list if these two books pass my pass my grade. Right. Um, if he doesn't do anything dickish and douchish in that book towards Lois Lane and, and Clark Kent and what he established in Superman in that last page, on those last right. two pages, right. if he doesn't veto that or, 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 you know, what they've been doing to us with one story in these books and another story in the Foreman's books, right. if they don't do that to us, I will put Superman on my pull list for the first two months. And the thing is, um, I lost my train of thought. I don't, yeah, I don't think Dan Jurgens is a type of person to take nonsense from Eddie Boganza. Well, let's uh, put it also, this way. Let's put it this way. Okay, Jeff Johns obviously had to write the foamants in the beginning because. The, somebody else is going to do it except maybe Listen, Scott Listen, yeah. I still think okay, Justice League 12 is by Jim Lee. The thing about it is is that John pretty much gave that up. Okay, he knew what was going to happen. It wasn't going to work the way they were going to do it. And so now they've come begging Johns to fix their problems because they created this, you know, the mafia especially created this monster that literally is just, you know, bringing down the company. So the other thing, if you'll remember, Dan Jurgens, okay, George Perez left after issue six. You know, I assume mm-hmm. that he was supposed to be on there for a good year. Mm-hmm. Then, so they so they get Giffen and Jurgens to write the next six, right? Yes. And... I think they were like, this, I'm not going to write that foment stuff. So then who got it? Scott Lubdell, right? Right, and that was like three years later. And 
you know, but, it's like. But the thing about it is, is then, okay, so then remember who they went to when they said, okay, we got to do something because these it, it it's not working. They went to Jurgens, right, and As, mm-hmm. and Lemire, and who was the other one? I can't remember. Keith Giffen. Keith Giffen, right. Sorry, Keith. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do Future's End. Yep. And if you remember when um, Convergence started, they had that plan at the beginning of the New 52. And who oh, wrote yes. Convergence? Mm-hmm. Who did the whole thing with Convergence? The whole thing was plotted five years prior when the New 52 was conceptualized. There was yeah. a contingency plan like Batman would have Next right. door to it by Dan Juggins because he yeah. knew the ship wouldn't fly. When when right. Jeff King when Jeff King was was tasked to write the main convergence line, right? Uh, what I love about Jeff King is that he comes from this this TV background, so they give you all the back information. They're like, no, 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 this is when it happened. This is the and normally in comics you don't do that, and we got a lot of information from him. He was like, Lois and Clark are going to be the center of it all. And I'm like, hey? I, I sent that video to to Holly as I was like falling off my chair, you know. I was like, Holly, read this, you know. Um, and the thing is, he said, Dan Jurgens conceptualized this. This has always been in the comics. There has been hints. There has been uh, little nods left behind in each and every comic. Because Dan Juggins knew, right? Right. And I find right. it, and I also find it very, very um, coincidental. Even though I don't believe in coincidences, I believe everything is planned. Um, that they used that Jeff Johns and Dan DeDio used a character created by Dan Juggins to say that the Fomance would be the end of this universe. Right, Booster Gold. They use Booster Gold. They use Booster Gold in Justice League International Annual One. Right. To say because of this crap, right? And I and I said it. We said it long ago. That was the middle finger to the the mafia that they put out there. You could see the split and the divide because it was Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns that wrote that, and they said this is going to bring about the end of this universe. And like an oracle's prophecy, look what's happening. Well, yeah. But my my point is is that Dan Jurgens is the go-to guy. Now. Oh, I, yeah. I think they, you know, they abuse Dan Jurgens so much. They're like, dude, fix this for us, please. Well, and he's like, I got a plan. Well, okay. The other thing is, is that in Batman versus Superman, his created character Doomsday mm-hmm. was featured and so he got yep. some Mona Cooler from that plus they did the death of Superman which also was a story that he was involved with you know right. yeah. and so now it's like okay Jim Lee's never had that happen no, I mean, no. and you know I don't see Mr. Majestic running around somewhere no you, you're not going to see any of those Cockamamie world wildstorms going, you know. Oh, we're going to be on the big screen. No, it's not I happening. Mean, I mean, I mean, because they're all ripoffs of other characters. 
So Wild my point Storm, is, is that jo- Wildstorm's uh, animated series, those in the 90s, didn't even last a season. I checked it out. They had to cancel it mid-season because it was doing so badly. And that was when it was still at Image. Oh, that was when it, in its prime popularity amongst comic book readers, nobody wanted to watch it on TV. Nobody. But I, I mean think that, yeah. <laughs> my point is, is that Dan Jurgens has major cred right now. Major, yes. major cred. Now, him and Jeff have worked together, obviously. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, Jeff is like, I'm giving it to Dan. Dan knows what to do. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't think he on. has problem. I don't think he has problem with Dan because they said no. they got the creators and they got the editor. And I think John basically told the editors, "You better straighten up." Mm-hmm. And I think probably especially Eddie Berganza because I don't know what they did to Jeff uh, uh, during his Superman run besides foist. Uh, Ramita on him, who totally despised the character, totally despised yes. Lois, and uh, you know, and Jeff's like, "Oh, we're going to do a Lois birthday party," and next thing you know, Ramita Junior is writing that book, and I'm sitting there going, "You gave Superman to Ramita Junior, who'd never written jack shit after Jeff Johns's run? Seriously?" <laughs> You know, what kind of slap on the face is that? Yeah, after Jeff Jones tried his damnedest to try and fix Superman at that point. Yeah. Because he tried in he tried to bring in the Daily Planet, he tried to bring in a father figure in Perry White. You know, he tried to obviously he, he you can see he wasn't allowed to bring in Lois. Right. right. And so he had to use the next uh I'm not even gonna say the next like the 10th best thing that he could grab at right. was Jim, Jimmy Olsen. Listen, people, yeah. I'm not a fan of Jimmy Olsen. I think Neither. Jimmy Jimmy Olsen is, I know a lot of people think he's like, you know, those two Jimmy Olsen fans. You know, they, they think Jimmy Olsen is, is the greatest thing from the Silver Age or whatever, right? Whatever. But, Jimmy Olsen is, a, and that's why I love, I, I know this sounds completely twisted, but I love that um, Zack Snyder had him shot in, in yeah, Batman yeah. vs. Superman. He did, because the, the, the character, the character is outdated. He honestly has, has, you know, I think they did a wonderful thing with Jimmy Olsen in the 90s during... Um, you know, like I say, the golden age for me of comic book runs with Dan Jurgens, uh, Jerry Ordway, Louis Simonson, all these great people, uh, you know, behind Superman. Um, they, they did something with him where they made him, they gave him a side story. They, they, they left him away from right. Superman. He wasn't Superman's pal. He was doing his own stuff. He was making his own name. You right. know, um, and they did that with Cat Grant as well, which I loved. You know, when I read the Cat Grant in those comics, and seeing her on TV now, I'm like, you're disgracing what they've done with her. But the thing right. is that they built a different world for Superman. They built a world for Superman. 
it, you know, where each character in his mythology had importance from Bibo in the Ace of Clubs to Perry White suffering with cancer and his wife being the rock, you know, um, Alice White. This is, this, is, this is a comic that I remember. You know, then you have Lucy Lane and um, what's the guy's name? In a multiracial uh, sort of relationship and she was like, you know, my dad's not going to worry about this. Uh, that that's the the world they created. They created away from Superman, Clark, and Lois worlds for these other characters. They didn't depend on Superman, Lois, and Clark. You know what I mean? You, do you get what I mean? It's like they had their own stories. When you read comics written by Dan Jurgen, even now you'll still notice in Lois and Clark, people are like. Why are the three stories happening? And I'm like, that's just how Dan Jurgens writes. You know, the, if you read the comics in the 90s, there's a Jimmy Olsen story, there's a Lucy Lane story. That... You still there? Hello. Oops. Hey. Oh, she fell off. Okay, hold on. Hello. You were talking away. Hello. What happened? Yeah, I was talking away, and this thing said, "Oh, enough of your voice." <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying is. Even for Rebirth, um, Jeff, Jeff John said the first person he went to to sort out the timeline was Dan Jurgens. Yep. And I was like, I was like, praise, you know, praise, because the fact that they're going to, even though they went to Dan Jurgens for Future's End and Convergence and everything, um, I think it means that they actually give a damn now. Well, they have to. And they have to make it they, DC Comics. It can't be, oh, Wildstorm is great. Mm, you know, yeah. I, I don't like them getting rid of Vertigo, though. But Well, I don't think they're getting rid of Vertigo. They can't get rid of Vertigo because they have, um, what's it, Constantine and stuff coming in um, Rebirth. So... Yeah, but they try to make him a, a mainstream DC. And that, I mean, Hellblazers was selling pretty well, and then they changed him to Constantine, and everybody was yeah, like, no. You know what they're doing That's now? It's called Hellblazer. It's called Hellblazer now. So that, and they said, well, everything no, that happened. No, it's called Constantine the Hellblazer. Well, they put Hellblazer in there. They made a lot of fans. Right. I didn't get it. All right. I didn't get it. I'm like, I don't even know what this guy is. <laughs> and, um, but what I'm saying is that they're trying to reach out for that legacy again, that they so quickly just, you know, they just said, oh, let's just snip it. Pause you know, it. Like balloons. 
Yeah, it's yeah. like balloons. We don't need it, you know. And it's like if you want to party, you need balloons. And the thing is, now they're grabbing for that legacy again, you know. And the two people that they went to to bring back the legacy is Jeff Johns and Dan Jurgens, and I'm happy about that. Right. Uh, they should, but I still getting back to. I think we were talking about Eddie Briganza. I don't know. I lost track. Oh. Yeah. We were talking about, I don't think Dan Jurgens would be bullied by Eddie Briganza. And I said, um, I think he, he made that loud and clear when at the rebirth PR thing, press release, whatever, um, where he said, what? you know, he basically just toned down Jim Lee. You know, Jim Lee like, oh, Mr. Doomsday, Mr. Doomsday, you're taking us out to lunch? And, you know, oh, we'll, yeah. oh Action Comics 1000 will have a thousand variant covers, and I wanted to punch Jim Lee. Um, well, I mean, he was really showing his ass. I mean, come on. What's yeah, it going I mean, like You're just looking at him jealous. like, what is your problem? Yeah, you know? how jealous can you be? How jealous yeah. can you be? Right. Oh, you freaking failed there, Lebo. Yeah, this guy who has worked his butt off for Superman in the honor of Superman, right? Right. Finally gets his praises and his his um his just desserts of having this immortalized by, you know, one of the biggest films of the year, right? One of the biggest films that will you know uh, the critics. You know, two years down the line, people are going to look back on Batman v Superman and say, you know what, Zack Snyder did some magic there. And we just we just didn't understand it. We were just too spoon-fed by Marvel Comics, right? Because, I mean, if you look at people who talk about plot holes in Batman v Superman, right? And I'm like... Zack Snyder's not going to spoon-feed you and tell you this is what happened, right? And I didn't know there was plot holes in, in Batman v Superman. N- neither did I, but the people are like, oh, well, you know, Superman, sh- how did Superman figure out Batman's identity? And I'm like, hello? Uh, the party scene where he heard Alfred talking to him over the comm? Yeah. Oh, but he doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is, and I'm like, dude, were you high? Were you what? Were you were you sleeping? Yeah, Gotham's across the bay now. Why wouldn't he know? And Wayne is Wayne Tower was in Metropolis. Hello. Exactly. I'm like, and then they're like, oh, what does Lois Lane do in the movie? I'm like, she takes down Lex Luthor. It's because of her investigative journalism that he gets locked up at the end of the movie. Oh, is that what she does? I'm like hitting my head against the wall. Well, um, don't talk to morons. Come on. No, I'm not, I'm not talking to morons, but it 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 pops up in the Lois Lane tag, and then you you going through it, and people are like, well, "Who's Lois Lane doing in the movie? Was she just there to 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 throw the go see in the, the movie water? and find out, Boom Cough? Yeah, go see the movie. Yeah, and, and I'm like, go watch the movie again, you idiots. You idiots. You stupids, you fools, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's um, 
okay, Dan Juggins gets his due results in Batman v Superman. And Jim Lee's jealous about it. Well, you know what, Jim oh, yeah. Lee? Pull up your damn socks and, and use, like, if you have some talent and create a character worth remembering. And then maybe you'll be immortalized on the on the silver screen. He can't okay, do it. Gonna, he can't, he can't do, do it because all his characters are ripoffs of somebody else's. Exactly. All his characters are is oh well. I think my version is better, and I'm like right. no. The reason why these characters have survived beyond you, right? And are infamous, are, are famous around the world where you're not, right? My sister doesn't know who Jim Lee is. And she's read comics that he's drawn, and she's like, who's Jim Lee? You know? Well, let's put it this way. Dan Jurgens is a writer and an artist, and I have never heard Dan Jurgens took 12 years to write or draw something for somebody. No, Dan Jurgens gets it out. I mean, he did Convergence Superman, and oh, that art in that second book was gorgeous. Oh, my but, God, he's Superman. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dan Jurgens did a sketch for me of Lois Lane. It didn't take 12 years. <laughs> if if people are wondering what we're talking about, um, Jim Lee has been all raging on his Twitter page and his Instagram to the point where I've now officially muted him because I cannot stand his pompous but what is um, he saying? He's he's he, no, he's just tweeting. Oh, this is the outline, and this is how I this I use this pencil to and he's basically commemorating his twelve years worth of work because he's so proud of it. And you saw the drawing, Holly. I sent it to you. Is there yes, anything spectacular about it? No. Is, it, is there any? It's so forgetful. It is. I don't even know, don't even, literally don't remember what it is now. And he's well, raging about it. Well, it's and Batman, and it's like, anybody worth their salt could have done that in a matter of days. Exactly. Yeah. People who have to actually work for their money do that in 12 days. 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, hello? I mean, George Perez drew me Clark and Lois sketch. Yeah. Well, I stand and watch him do it. I mean, it didn't take no hour. Yeah, I I I emailed uh. And he's got eye problems. I emailed Des Taylor right to ask him if he could post me a commission, and he said he doesn't do that because uh the postal services he had a bad experience with it right, and he he normally does. And so, but he said he could do what I had described to him was obviously Lois and Clark. And I've never seen his Lois and Clark actually kissing. So I asked him for that. And he said, I can get it done for you in like, you know, two days. And I'm like, oh, okay. Dude, let me get the money first. Not, <laughs> not 12 years? Really? No, no, not 12 years. No, two days. Oh, he's burning yeah, his night oil. People- People actually were like, oh, that would be worth a wait. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? He's not freaking God. I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. He's, like, he basically far, forgot about this dude for 12 years. Just like yes. he forgot, oh, I can't do that. You know, like he forgot to finish All-Star Batman and Robin. 
like Divine Right took what was it, twelve issues? It took two two plus years to get out. I mean, yes. come on, this guy is like, and then he's bragging about. Well, he was so patient. It took me twelve years to do this commission. I'd be like, dude. Oh, and he got it for free. I would hope the f so. If not, I'd be. <laughs> you should be paying him, man. You should be paying him to take it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> because if it that was me, shows, to me, it shows me what kind of character Jim Lee has. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he thinks the world of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your your ego is the size of Jupiter. But your, your but but your work and the things you can praise yourself upon is like an anthill in my yard, basically. You know, if I have to compare it to, to scale of size, right? He's not even like a Mount Everest, you know, he's he's just a anthill in my yard because Yes, Jim Lee draws good art. I'm not. I'm not. He, you know, he's one of the better artists out there. But there's nothing to, you know, pat yourself on the back for and have yourself driven on a gondola everywhere. You know, where people, you know, line up and you walk on their backs like in ancient Greece. Can't touch the floor. Oh no, the floor's too too dirty for Jim Lee. You know, and and I I don't understand the ego. And that's the main problem with the New 52, is that they thought their way was better right. than 75 years' worth of comics. Yep. They honestly thought their way was better than 75 years' worth of comics. And people ask me, what's the best thing that you got for Superman's 75th birthday, right? And I said, Man of Steel, because as much as I love Superman Unchained, Man of Steel truly, truly honored Superman on his 75th anniversary. And Jim Lee sabotaged that book. True, yeah, very true. We keep, you can go and listen to, I think we have an episode called Jim Lee Sabotaging Superman Unchained, um, where we just discuss his delay tactics of drawing cereal boxes that I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he had to draw Booberry for crying out loud. Not Superman, you know, the, for the 75th anniversary. Oh, no. Because, you know, we're probably lucky it didn't take it 12 years to draw, you know, draw oh, the book. Oh, can you imagine? I think I think uh, Scott Snyder told him, what what the hell, man? Should I get should I get yeah. Greg to come and finish your work? And he's like, no. <laughs> Well, what gets me? What gets me is the minute they announced that Jim Lee was on that book, I went shit. Because basically, you got you basically got the co-pub who ruined DC Comics mm-hmm. doing. I'm going to be the artist and the book. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, because it'll sell because I have my name on it. Why? Because you don't finish shit. And so they dragged that book out. It was what nine issues, and it took fifteen months to get published mm. mm-hmm. in total. Because Jim Lee just oh well, we can always cancel and resolicit. And you know how how many people it lost because they saw oh it's been canceled. Yes. 
And new people, new people who he wanted, he wanted new people because then he could pull his tricks on them again because they hadn't met his tricks before. New people freaked out. And they go, what? What? They can't get... I said, they're going to re-solicit. What does that mean? So then I had to explain the Jim Lee way of comics. You cancel the book (laughs) because, because the order numbers that you have are pretty much extinct at this point after, you know, three months of nothing. And so mm-hmm. you re-solicit, so you get new order numbers for it that you mm-hmm. can possibly use if you get another issue out. But, yeah, I, Jim Lee is on a leaky boat. And he probably standing there with his hand underneath his jacket like Napoleon going, I'm fine. The world is fine. I'm Jimmy. <laughs> Whatever. Tuning his mustache. So, Tuning his mustache. As yeah. Well. <laughs> so I am the greatest artist that ever walked the earth, and what I say goes. Well, and that's the problem. The minute they made Harris editor in chief, you know, several weeks later they had that retreat that created the new Fifty Two. And mm. so basically Jim Lee had his mafia in place, his sycophants, you know, who weren't in the inner circle, you know, who wanted to be in the inner circle. And basically they shit on uh, standardized DCU comp, uh, characters, except for Batman, because the Didio is like, you know, he is like, you will not touch Batman, master. Mm-hmm. Um, but Superman got lost in the lurch. They let Lee destroy him because mm-hmm. he does not understand Superman. He does not understand Clark Kent. And he definitely doesn't think Lois is hot enough for anybody, mm-hmm. especially him. So, yeah. Um, so now we just need to get rid of Berganza because basically pretty much – and they, I hope they get rid of Harris, but I doubt that they will. Um, basically, they need to shove Eddie somewhere else besides the super group because it just didn't work under him. I don't no, care how many years of experience he's had with the character. Obviously, you know it wasn't good enough. You know what? I, I found the perfect place for him, actually. Scott Lobdell is still doing Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, let him Red Hood. Put him there. Put him there. You know, he yeah, has to be because Starfire anymore. It's not going to make any difference. Put him anywhere where there are no female characters. Oh, there is a female character in Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, what is it? Artemis from the Amazons. Well, they're basically I mean, making. They're, they're basically making Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, the opposite of the Trinity. Um, they have Bizarro from the Super Family. Oh. They have they have Red Hood from the Bat Family and they have Artemis who if you don't know who Artemis is, she is the most fierce fighter. She has on numerous occasions she's better than Diana, let's put it that way. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even think that's possible. I don't even think that's possible because Diana's the best. And then there's one better than her, and her name is Artemis. And she well, Artemis was actually a god in the Greek pantheon. 
yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, she is. Uh, that's who she's named after, actually, in the comic. If you read, uh, right, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, that's who she and and she is basically the best fighter in the Amazonian warrior race. Right. And she she has on multiple occasions bested Diana, and you know she's even been Wonder Woman, I think when Diana yeah. was presumed well, dead. This is how I look at that. He's already screwed over Wonder Woman. so And I don't really give a rat's butt about Artemis. He could screw her over, too. Just give him mm-hmm. Red Herd and the Outlaws. Uh, yeah. Give him Suicide Squad. But I'm sure... <laughs> give him all that rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Give him... Yeah, I'm sure Jimbo would appreciate him as an editor. You know what? Uh, yeah, I think, I, think I don't think the Harley think, fans will be thrilled about that. But yeah, no, I think Eddie Braganza would be happier there. I think he is miserable on Superman, and because he doesn't understand the character, he doesn't like the character. Um, when when you ask Eddie on the Superman homepage, he doesn't know jack shit about Clark Kent. He calls him Cal, Cal El, you know. And it irritates the heck out of me when he does that. Um, he says, Cal and Diana's relationship will be, you know, everything goes to ups and downs. And then Lois Lane, she's still important to the to the mythology. And she's going to feature strongly. I'm like, where? Where, Uncle? Where? You know? Oh, yeah. As a punching bag, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. As a, yeah. Thanks, Eddie, as a punching bag. Always wanted to see Lana Lang deck Lois Lane. Oy. Not, um, not really. But, but yeah, no, not really. Um, but put him on Suicide Squad or, or Red Hood and the Outlaws with with Scott Lobdell. You know they'll be happy together. They'll be well, happy in a place where you can create mayhem and okay, violence. Okay, let's put it this way: the books he definitely shouldn't be doing are Birds of Prey, Batgirl, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh. Wonder Woman, but he's already Wonder ruined her. Woman. Um, who else shouldn't he be doing? Um, Harley Quinn, because they got a good thing yeah. going there. Yeah. I doubt that they'll yeah. even let him touch Harley Quinn. That's maybe why he won't do Suicide Squad. Yeah, but Suicide Squad is different from the Harley family. I didn't know that. The Holly family didn't want Jim Lee near them. So <laughs> they're like, no, no, we can handle because they've got their own books, right? They, they've still got Holly Quinn's Adventures. They've got right. Holly and Ivy, I think they're going to do that, um, which we know will be heavily LBGT, basically, right. um, because they've already suggested that with Holly and Ivy. And then they have, they're still continuing Harley's little black book where she meets different superheroes. Right. So that's different from, like, the Suicide Squad. Even when they brought them out and they introduced them, they introduced Suicide Squad, um, I don't know, into something else, like just throwaway sort of thing. Like they know, oh, Jim Lee's never going to do the arts on this. That's why we got an artist that, that draws similar to him, you know, so that if he is late because he was drawing his pages in a bathroom in Paris, you know, 
this other dude can fill in for him. Yeah, he had such a hard life. Such a hard life. He had to go to the bathroom in Paris to draw the book. Oh, poor baby. Maybe yeah, you should whatever. Instead of going out, instead of going out and going to Paris, maybe you should have sat at home and drew your comics. Well, you here's know. the other thing. Yeah, he's supposed to be doing a a road show about rebirth. Are they keeping him mm-hmm. at home? They say, oh, no, yeah, they, I think do it on our own. I think Dan DiDio said, no, let me just go and be a salesman and sell it because Jim Lee will just deflate my, my, my boat there, you know. I'll be, like, inflating, Rebirth, you know, Rebirth, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're bringing back legacy. We knew something was missing. And Jim Lee will be piping in the corner, oh, well, I don't think the New 52 was the wrong idea. That's the right instinct. Instinct doesn't sell squat, Jimbo. And Dan Didio will basically he'll take a gun to his head and he'll say, I've had enough. <sighs> yeah, man, it won't be too, anything too public, I hope. So anyway, let's move on to Batman versus Superman. And Wendy has a question for you. Yay. <laughs> do you know, do you know who William Defoe is playing in Justice League? Uh, I've heard rumors. Um, the the press release that was uh, given was that he is playing an undisclosed character who is on the good side. I think that's a red herring. I think they tried to put us off. Yeah, yeah. Because when you think when you think William Dufault, you don't generally think good guy. Uh, you think this person who is a really good actor at playing psychotic people. Uh, you know, someone who can go to a very, very dark place. Um, you know, and I don't think he's going to play a good guy. There was some, somebody said that they are in Justice League and for like the ending part of Justice League, they're going to focus very heavy on the Flash and the Flash family. And so they're already casting for Iris West. Um, they're already casting for uh, the Central Station police guy. And so they said he might be like a Flash family something. That might be his role. Because we already got it, like, like we, Commissioner Gordon's already been cast as J.K. J. Simmons. Um, and so I think they could be doing that. I think that it could be a very, very Flash family influence role. To be quite honest, I don't know who he is. They, they've been keeping it very secret. There's been a lot of rumors going around. Uh, some people have even gone as far as to say that, oh, well, it could be um, like Ocean Master, you know, uh, Aquaman's half-brother who's crazy. Um, could be that. Uh, could be, uh, I think he will play a sort of, I honestly, you can put money on this. I honestly believe he's going to play like a dark side minion or maybe even dark side. Because we haven't heard any casting, anything about dark side. And I he think he's going to play like a, 
Yes, I was thinking, Desaad, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I said, when I when I saw the casting, they, when they confirmed, Warner Brothers confirmed, William Defoe will be in Justice League. I said, well, this guy's a perfect Desaad, you know? And then they, and then I, as you read later on in the week, um, they say, oh, he, he's going to play an undisclosed good guy. I said, no way. No way they're going to do that. No way they're bringing in William Defoe and they're going to make him play a good guy. I honestly believe it's it's Desaad. You can put like 50% money on that. Let's see if Dejna's predictions turns out right. I mean, nobody else has got a butler or anything. I mean, it could be Flash. It could be Aquaman related. But yeah. really, a good guy, I Brainiac, I don't know. Could be. It could be a misunderstood Brainiac. I mean, I originally, when I did Man of Steel 2 fan cast after Man of Steel came out, I cast him as Brainiac. So, um, could be him. But, or, I, but I do on this, yeah. You could be Jay. Jay Garrick? Yeah. Now, that's very interesting because they have put out uh, casting information for Jay Garrick. I mean, he's Jay a good Garrick guy. But then, yeah, he's a good guy. So what happens is they bring in the multiverse. Oh, well, that's already suggested, I think, very, very heavily. Um, and as Jeff John said um, in that CW special, he said, "Flash, you know, when you when you deal with Flash, you open up a whole new world of possibilities." Right. We've already seen the so, Speed Force at work. Yep, we've already seen the Speed Force at work, the Speed Force visions. The, but the, the showing... thing about it is, is that if they do bring in Jay, that does open up the whole bubble of the multi multiverse right so yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting because they've already got jay garrick on the flash um tv series well Who yeah but he's, the evil guy. but he's not yeah. jay garrick and i was like so disappointed i was like arrows off my list should i just cut flash off one time you know Gotham i quit watching flash but patty gotham's been off for a long time. Right. Uh, Arrow's been off since they killed off Laurel. Um, I didn't even... I watched a little bit of the episode. I didn't even watch the full, like... No, I watched the full episode. Um, I didn't watch anything after that. I don't even think they've had anything after that. I was like, I'm so done with this. I cancelled the recording. Cancelled the download. I'm like, done. I and haven't so, watched Flash since Patty Spivett showed up. I was like, nope, not going there. They can kiss my butt. I wanted them to kill Patty Spivett. I want to. I honestly was waiting for that, and it didn't happen. I was so disappointed. So um, once I saw Jay Garrick is the evil guy, but he's not really Jay Garrick. I was like, what? What are y'all even smoking there in Vancouver? Um, well, Jay Garrick showed up, and so, so Caitlin could have a boyfriend. I was like, no, yeah, yeah. that's not how it works. And I was like, but Jay Garrick and Joan Garrick, what? What are you even doing? Why are you killing my ships? Oh, but yeah. Oh, um, oh here's something. Here's something. 
We don't have a Green mm-hmm. Lantern in Justice League. What no, we if, don't. What if Shay Garrick? I'm sorry. William Defoe is Abbott Sir. Who shows up at the end. Interesting. Very interesting. Um from what he, I've heard of Green Lantern, from what I've heard of Green Lantern, is they're saving Green Lantern for Justice League Two. Well yeah, but with Justice League One, if they slap him in the mi- in the end, you see Aventura right. crash land, and then you see like a a pilot guy looking, you know, coming towards him. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a you know, everybody's gonna be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, that that could be a good treat. Yeah, yeah, that that could be interesting as well. Yeah, it could be anybody because he's a very talented actor. But yeah. I, I don't put it past him. I don't put him past him being a good guy. I'd like to see that. Uh, I think Zack Snyder's the director to change your mind on anybody. Um, because well, he was a I, good listen, guy in Platoon. He was. Yep. I don't don't remember. Yeah. Uh, He's played good guys remember. before. I, but you yeah. remember him for evil guys. When I think yeah. William Defoe, I think creepy, creepy face. Creepy oh, voice. Face, uh-huh. You know, he's going to come and creep at you. He's like, he's like um, the guy that comes in, in your dreams and has those nice fingers. What's his name? From Elm Street. Oh, you mean Freddy. Yeah, that's, what, that's when I think of of William Defoe, that's what I think of, like a really creepy guy. Um, but yeah, it's exciting because they're casting such good actors in these movies, and it's like we don't get these no-name people. You know, the the biggest no-name no namer we've ever got is Gal Gadot, and when Man of Steel was cast, Henry Cavill. You know, that that was like the biggest um, no-name people. people, people Henry. I knew Henry. People were like, you know Henry? I'm like, yes, I know every angle of Henry. Um, Yeah, but we have GBC America. They knew Henry because they were showing the tutors on that. Yeah, some people didn't know who he was because they would ask me. They would ask me, who is he? Where have you seen him? And I'm like, the movie, the the, the thing I've seen him in the most, in every single episode is um, the Tudors. Right. Yeah. So, and he's a fantastic actor. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's what I mean. You know, the, lo- the okay. that's but the I level of our, end. that's the level of our lowest actor. He acted on the Tudors, which was a fantastically successful TV series. I guess, was it, he was in Stardust, but I didn't recognize him because he had red hair in Stardust. Because he had red hair and a mustache and, and blonde bits, and I was like, but I did recognize him on a couple of, of uh, next viewings. I was like, could right. it be Henry Cavill? And I was like, <laughs> doesn't, look, doesn't look like him, but that jaw is very distinctive and that cleft is very distinctive and the nose. Um, And I was like... Nah, can't be. Then you Google it, and you're like, oh, it is, okay. Well, Um, I mean, that's another comic book-related movie. So there you go. There you go. There you go. But what I'm saying is, that's the level of our lowest 
sort of casting actors. I'm just happy that they're casting these really fantastic, well-rounded people who have served on theater actors. You know, they're, they're proper actors to, because that's what DC Comics deserve. The best of the best in our movies. That's who we deserve. You know what I mean? And, well, they're I mean, stealing when you see... a lot of it from Spider- Spidey movies, too. I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen, don't fault the Tobey Maguire Spider movies. They were they were really good. Minus that that last one where he dances, but, but they were they were good. I mean, they made me a Spider Man fan up until I started reading the comics, and I was like, he's nothing like this. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, 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 it's gonna happen. You know, stuff that they've acted in other stuff. It's gonna happen that they they pop into DC. Let's let's put it this way: Marvel warmed them up. We're 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 serving them main main main, you know, sort of in the prime of their acting when they got after they got the Oscars. <laughs> and um, but anyway, what's any other Batman versus Superman uh, news? Justice News. Uh, Basically, just that, you know, middle finger to the haters, it's already going to be crossing a billion dollars. Um, it's worldwide numbers, uh, according to what I've been looking at. It's worldwide numbers are solid. It's already crossed uh, numerous things in Brazil and India and Africa, you know, where it's, it's the, the top grossing movie ever. And pre-sales for you know the next big movie coming out would be Civil War, which would which would go head to head with it. Let me put it this way to you guys: uh, Batman v Superman is still showing five shows a day uh, in the smaller cinemas, one cinema, one 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 theater. Um, in the bigger ones, in the m- m- metropolitan areas, up to three cinemas. Uh, in South Africa. Civil War hasn't even sold out 20% of its tickets yet in South Africa. People are just not interested in it. So there you go. There you go. Worldwide, worldwide, Batman v Superman is doing fine. It's just in America that, I don't know, people can't understand it or something. Hello? Am I still on? Did I lose Holly? Yeah, you're on. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, worldwide numbers for Batman v Superman are solid. Um, a lot of people said, oh, well, it's not going to do well and stuff. And then Warner Brothers had to come out and say, no, you know, this is how much we've made from merchandising in cinema, which basically means like those little um, you know, sold out things you bought with the Superman on the top or the Batman on the top. That goes towards DC's kitty, you know. Every little Batman v Superman thing goes towards DC's kitty. Um, the pre-sales of, of uh, figurines and stuff like that is already, it's, it's somewhere in the vicinity of $300 million worldwide that they've already collected from all this. And you add that with 823 was the last number I saw for ticket sales. It's um, simple math. It's already over a billion 
um, you know, it's it's crossed. It's according to Warner Brothers, it's made more than what they want. Well, I, I think they honestly wanted more, but they said they've covered their money for marketing, for production, and to go into Justice League because Justice League is filming currently. Um. Justice League, apparently some people saw some sets in Scotland that's being done. I don't know what sets you're building in Scotland, uh, but okay. Uh, Amy Adams is still in Los Angeles, but she said she will be reporting for Batman v Superman very soon, so she's you know, she's been spending a lot of time with her family because she's been out and about and people have been taking pictures of her and apparently some fans asked her, you know, when are you going for Justice thing? And she said, soon, very soon. Um, yeah, all the guys, if you follow them on Instagram, they're like posting videos of them pumping iron like nobody's business. Aquaman is climbing walls. Cyborg is lifting weights. Henry Cavill is doing funny things in a monkey suit. Uh, yeah, it's Justice League is all full steam ahead. So to the haters that, you know, try to put it down because there was this nasty article this week that came out that said, oh, it's not even going to make 800 million US dollars. Surpass that. So it's like every time somebody says something, it just goes and surpasses it. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw that picture of Henry working out, and it said something that he's really working out hard and everything. I'm sitting there, not bad mm-hmm. for a dead guy. Not bad for a dead You know what I love is he's got scruff, and he's growing scruff for the movie, and he's growing his hair out for the movie as well. So we might Woo! get long-haired Clark. We might get long-haired, curly, because he's Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill has very, very curly hair, if you don't know this. Um, We might get scruffy Henry Cavill, long-haired Clark Kent. Uh, Yeah. Woo-hoo a lot there. Like, woo-wee. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome, yep. Um... Okay, is that all the uh, Justice League info we have? Yep, that's all. They're keeping it very quiet. It's very, very quiet. <laughs> right. Well, and, um, yeah. This, they, I think this will yeah, blow Avengers out of the water. I think this will blow Avengers out of the water. Well, from what I'm hearing from Justice League... um. The, the the tone and the, the tonality of the movie, this is the sort of resurrection of Superman, right? Right. This is the this is the return of Superman. We all know this is coming. I showed Holly actually um from Funeral for a Friend, right? I was like, we all got uh Zack Snyder completely wrong because in Funeral for a Friend there's an article that's published that says Clark Kent did. Right. You know, the, the right. Kents come over to Metropolis and they empty out uh, 
his apartment with Lois Lane, and Lois doesn't let go of his stuff. You know, she keeps it in in her in her apartment in storage because she can't let go of Clark. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of and I was I was reading Funeral for a Friend the uh, this week, right? And I was like, Zack Snyder, well done. You you know it better than a person who's read it a couple of times. You know it better than me because he got it absolutely spot on. And I and I told uh, I think I was telling Kimmy because she was like, we have this like thread in our DMs going of how are they going to bring back Clark Kent? And I showed her Funeral for a Friend and I said, there's the article. She said, oh, okay, so they're just going to take it straight from the comics? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Probably, they're just, yeah. find him. I, they're just going to find I, him under, under a building somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking, oh, I thought, did they just say he was missing? Because, you know, eventually that's what it turned out to be. He was just missing. He wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember if it was, he actually declared dead. I do remember the stuff about moving out of his apartment because, you know, he wasn't paying his bill, so... They had to move his stuff out of the apartment. Um, no, no, so. they had him declared dead. They had yeah. him declared dead. Uh, there was uh, an article written in the Daily Planet uh, about all the people that lost their lives, and they right. listed Clark Kent as one of them. Right. And so, and I mean, of course this happens. I mean, whenever you have like a, you know, if you look at natural disasters and stuff and things that are happening in right. the world, people are right. people are declared dead, and then three months later they they pop up, you know, in a like a but, like a ashram somewhere, being healed by monks. And but yeah, but so. you can't do that with Clark. I mean, I think he was gone three weeks. In I think. funeral for a friend. In funeral yeah. for a friend, yeah, he was gone for two months. That, two that's months. the that's okay. the yeah that's the length of the of the storyline. Okay. Yeah. So. And so yeah, I'm like they can bring him back because they brought him back in the comics, and that's what I yeah. keep telling people. People people keep asking me. They're like, "Well, they killed Clark Kent," and I'm like, "It's comics." Do you not understand the principle of nobody dies in a comic? You well, know, it's... But my question is, is how they're going to... They're not going to be able to have that picture of Superman and Clark Kent with Lois Lane. No, because they don't have a matrix. Unless right. Right. There's, there's rumors. There's another rumor that I actually read. Martian Manhunter is being cast in the Justice League. Oh, well, yeah, then they, there's no problem. Then there's no problem, right? Yeah. If it's Martian Mantis, because it's just he can phase into anybody else. So they're probably just casting Martian Manhunter just to get them out of that corner. Like, how are we gonna get out of this corner, Martian Manhunter? Well, and <laughs> he, he is on smart. the Justice League. He is on the Justice and he League. Is, yes, he's a principal member of the Justice League. Yes. Right. And they so, uh, so and do they're you think drawing that... a lot of. So do you They're think that Lois? Influence... <laughs> Sorry, I keep talking. I keep talking over you. Um, what I see is that they keep drawing a lot of influence from the animated series as, as well. Like I mentioned to you guys, White Portuguese was the name of a ship, right? On the Batman animated series, and I said 
I knew straight away when they said white Portuguese, I was like so surprised they didn't even change the name. And I was like, well, maybe it's an homage to the Batman animated series. But you have to remember, people come to these mythologies, not necessarily to the comics. Some people came through it through the animation. So that's just getting to them. Right. Yeah. Me. I mean, I was too young to read uh, a lot of the comics. You know, I, it, because it would have gone over my head, some of the stuff. So my medium of, of coming into comics was I was two years old and I used to watch Batman, the animated series, which right. translate, which, which, you know, leapfrogged into Superman, the animated series, and then Justice League. And that's how I was introduced to comics. And after that, I started buying the comics. Right? So that is, there is a whole generation. And... It's not bad that we were introduced through this wonderful no. medium by 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 you know Bruce Tim because it was a fantastic world that he created. Superman was Superman, Batman was Batman, Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman. You know, uh, Lois right. Lane was the most one of the most kick-ass Lois Lanes you'll ever have. She saved Superman like in every second episode. She was saving Superman, and which I loved. You know, right. Superman was like. Superman was like fainting from kryptonite and Lois Lane like basketballed it into a lead cup, you know, and then he defeats the dinosaur, which is an homage back to the Flesher cartoons as well. Um, right. But anyway, uh, what I'm saying is... My question, my question to you is, is that mm-hmm. we know that Lois is going to be very key for the Justice League. And yes. Um, uh, uh, Amy said that Lois is meeting up with all these people, right? Well, yeah, that's what she said. She said she's the one running around doing the work. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. What if Lois meets Martian Manhunter and brings him into the fold? But in the meantime, Clark comes, or Superman comes back, and so Martian Manhunter says, hey, I'll do you, you know, I'll do you a favor here. She's like, if they work. You know, if they do do that, I would love that because Martian Manhunter and Lois actually have a really good relationship in the comics. Yeah, uh, you know, Lois. Yeah, Lois keeps cookies for him. You know, chalk chip cookies and Oreos and stuff for whenever he comes around. Uh, they keep so Clark told her to. Yeah, they, and 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 that is you know she asked because she asks she uh, she says. In the comic I'm thinking about, I think it was written by Gail Simone. Um, You know, it's the scene. Yeah, it's the scene where Clark is gone somewhere, and so he sends uh, John Jones to come and protect Lois Lane. Right. Right. He says, just just hang out in the apartment and stuff. Just make sure my girl's safe. Right. And so Martian Manhunter comes in, and Lois makes him. You know, after the scare, because she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm John Jones. And she's like, oh, hey, John. You know, she makes him a cup of tea and they have cookies and they have this wonderful conversation. Right? Right. And so I would like that. I would like things like that where it's interacting, where it's, you know, the thing I was telling Kimmy this as well in DMs, DC Comics isn't a superhero. DC Comics is about characters, about heart, about soul. And right. all these characters, I mean, even if you look at something like 
the Green Arrow Black Canary Wedding, how the, the superheroes came together as people. And, you know, Lois Lane was there and Superman was there and everybody was there just celebrating these two. And that's what I love about DC Comics. That's what I loved about the animated series when they created Justice League is that everybody coexisted and intermingled and helped each other. Everybody is heroes in the DC world, and they all help each other. They all ground each other in humanity. They all help each other when, when when it's needed. They're all one big family. And that's what I love about DC Comics, is that it's character at the core, central hub. You know, that's why I always said making Justice League a flagship never works because Justice League is about them fighting. You know what I mean? It's not about them sitting around having a picnic sort of thing, which you will get in a Superman comic or a Batman comic. And so what what I love about this is that the way you hear them talking and the way you hear them saying things, and you even see it in Batman v Superman, the sort of coming together where you see the small interaction between Lois and Wonder Woman, where Wonder Woman um, grieves with Lois Lane because she's lost a love, you know? You see Batman saying, I'm, I'm a friend of your son's, and I'm like, when? You know? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, when, would, okay, when did Bruce, that happen? Okay, I don't remember Bruce. that. Okay, Bruce, whatever, Bruce. Because but your I name's Martha, Bruce. I'm a friend of your son. Listen, okay. Bruce just Bruce just wants to be Superman's friend. We all get it. We all get it. Okay. When you're slicing his face, he was like, "You're so damn pretty. I want to be your friend." No, and, that's not how it went. But no, that's not how it went. But um, Bruce wants to be Superman's friend. It's you know I don't find anything wrong with the scene, even though it's a bit rushed. It's because Right. Well, he did it out of guilt, too. He did it out of guilt. guilt. You know, so much guilt, I think Superman just inspired him. No, I think part of it was guilt, because Alfred had been telling him this the whole film. Then he found out that Superman had a human mom named Martha, and he's like, oh, shit. And a a, a person who loved him. And a person who loved him. People people often overlook Lois Lane running into that situation. Right. When he saw Lois Lane wanting to risk her life for him, and when she says it's his mother's name, that's what converts him over. Well, yeah, he's trying to make amends for beating the shit out of him for the last half hour. Well, he's like, well, crap, this guy's actually human. (laughs) He's got connections. (laughs) He's got connections. More than I do. He's got people that care about him. Okay. Yeah. I got Alfred. And Alfred, Alfred in his little com is like, "See, Master Wayne, I told you." Yeah. So, but anyway, but anyway, I I would like to see Martian Manhunter, um, because I do believe he's a very pivotal role in the Justice League. Uh, I believe it it helps (laughs) Zack Snyder solve his little problem. Uh, yeah. I know Dan Jurgens is a fan of Martian Manhunter. Um, Jeff Johns. So, Jeff Johns. So maybe they said, just just bring John Jones into it. 
there. Problem yeah. solved. <laughs> this isn't a Jim Lee production. No, no. This is, and I can see John, John Jones, saying to Lois and Clark, "I want to help you." Right. You know, because he's that he's that type of guy. Right. So yeah. Uh, okay. So we're gonna have to move on, or else we'll never get done. Um, no. Yeah. Mm. So. I read Wonder Woman 51. I know. <laughs> but I did it because I'm like, okay. Because there was something on Tumblr you showed, you sent it to me, and I was like, this reminds me of Wonder Woman 141. You know, the one that Fomance mm. was like, ow, it is in Wonder Woman 41. Yeah, she was, un- yeah, she had her deepest, darkest desire fulfilled. So, in this one, by some entity, some mysterious entity, you know, um, in this, she's also, there's some kind of spell or entity uh, exhibit, you know, exposing her deepest, darkest secrets, a thing she won't even admit to herself. Um, and mm-hmm. she has, okay, like the death of Zola and Zeke. Um, she's really connected to Zeke in in this book. Yeah. Um, and then she um, let's see who else. Oh, she remembers how they used to call her Clay, you know, and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you know, she was just a princess. She wasn't a warrior. Blah 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 blah. Um, so. Then uh, we see Superman with the collar going, mm. oh, darling, you're home. And there's dinner fixed, right? And mm-hmm. there's, uh, and so he's like, and Clark don't talk like that, okay? And not even to Lois. No. Darling, you're home. No. Darling, uh, you're home. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, it's taken us a long time to get here, but looking at you now, it was worth the wait. Whatever the hell that means. And so she says, no, this isn't happening, not Clark. In other words, Clark's going to tell me stuff I don't want to hear about myself. Okay. Mm. So he says, please don't leave. We can get through this, through anything, as long as we have each other. And he's like, you don't need to protect me anymore, Diana, which he has been done constantly, even though he didn't need it. We can mm-hmm. finally be together like we always wanted. We can get married, start a family. Isn't that what you've always wanted, a family of your own? And she's looking at him, and her stomach is, like, pregnant. And she says, this mm-hmm. can't be happening. How does it know? What is it about this place that allows it to see into the darkest parts of your soul and rip out things you thought were buried? I gave up the idea of children when I joined the Justice League. But being with Clark, I started thinking just for a moment about what life might look like after a home, family, babies. And he goes, sweet Diana, all your dreams are about to come true. And she says, no. I can't. Not this. Not Clark. And he says, don't think, Diana. Just do it. Take my hand, and we can be together forever. Okay, so it's this entity talking through Clark. And she goes, this isn't real. This is the Tartarus. Tempting me. Torturing me with what can never be. And he says, you never really believed in us. 
in me. Why didn't you believe in me? And she says, I'm so sorry, Clark, for everything. Okay. A love story. This was not, it was Diana, she got in this relationship with Clark. She thought, well, what would it be like to have a home and babies and all that kind of stuff? But she didn't take it any farther than that. It was just a thought. You know, and she doesn't believe in Clark. No. She never has. And she well, definitely doesn't just, believe that believe that about them. She's still hung up on Trevor. Everybody knows this. Yeah. So yeah. You know, uh, it's it's good that they actually put that in print. Um, because I kept saying this: the one thing about the romance that Charles Soule rang home stronger than ever about why, you know, it's like an undertone of why this will never work. Right. And because she doesn't, she never believed in Clark, Clark's ability. And that's so important. Not not Superman. I'm talking about Clark's ability, about his heart, about his strength, his inner character. She never believed he was strong enough. And when he was with her, he doubted himself. Because he knew of that underlying thing of where she's like, I'm better than you, right? We we always said that, she, you know, she's always fixing her tiara in front of him. She's always uh, saying things like, I'm the one to train you, right? Right. Um, when they were fighting Zod and Fiora, Clark was handling the fight with both of them by himself. Right. And then Diana comes onto the scene and he's like already doubting himself. He's like, Oh, where do you want me? Yeah, that was the awful right? thing. And, you know, when when it actually comes time to uh, defeat Zod and Fiora, it's actually Clark that comes up with the idea. And he's the one, he's the one with the ability to do it, but she still doesn't believe in him. She's like, here, let me steady the hand and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, in the formants when Peter Tomasi is written, he called her the Senate, uh, the sen- Sentinel and stuff. She believes she has to protect him. And it's it's never that case with Lois Lane. Right? I, I know I, it's no comparison, but I have to give a comparison. Um, well, Lois protects never, him in a different way. She Lois doesn't... protects him... Yeah, like in Batman v Superman. In Batman v Superman, Lois is protecting him, but she's protecting him and allowing him to be himself. Right. Right. He is saying, "I don't care about what they're saying at the hearings," and she knows that this is going to come back to bite them in the butt. So she goes on her little merry mission to prove that what happened in the, in the African desert wasn't didn't have to do anything with Superman. He was set up, right? And right, but Wonder Woman just flat out looks at Clark and goes, "I have to protect you." Yes, that's the whole point. Is that yeah. Lois allows him to be himself within in a constructive way, but she still, uh, to quote, um, to quote from Superman versus the Elite, uh, Lois Lane says, "Someone has to protect that S for you because you're not doing it." Right. And that and that's what Lois Lane does is that she writes the articles. She does the 
editorial. She does the, the pieces where she defends him in the public light because he won't do it himself, right? And, and I mean, it's it's kind of hypocritical for Clark Kent to go and write a piece about the great wonder that is Superman. Um, but Diana believes that she has to keep him in a bubble. You know what I mean? Like he's right. this, this right. fragile object that cannot yeah. think for himself, that right. cannot, you know, wipe his bum after he goes number two. You know, um, that's what she believes he is. And I think that is a reflection on what happened with her and Steve Trevor, right? Where she, the reason why what? she breaks up with Steve Trevor is because he got beat up by that guy, Graves. David. David Graves. Yeah. David yeah. Graves, right? And right. he was in hospital. So she believes she cannot protect the ones she loves, right? Her mother her mother gets turned to clay and dies. So it's, it's obviously the psychological thing with her where she believes that she, that she can't protect the people that she cares about. And she and she inflicts this so hard on Clark Kent and, and Superman that he cannot breathe. There's no space for him. And, you know, it's even even in that issue where, where he says, I, do, I don't love you, I don't think I love you anymore. She's chasing after him. He's like, Diana, I need to go into the sun to get better. Okay, because I need to charge my cells up because I've been super flaring the whole time. And so now my, my, my cells are decharged and I need to go and do this. And she's like, no, you can't. And she like chases after him. You know, she doesn't give him. And even that yeah, picture, stopped, why I love that. Him. Yeah, why I love that panel is he's pulling her arms off him and he's saying enough. You know what I mean? He's like saying. Yeah. She's got her arms around him, and she's like, "Oh, shut up, just kiss me." And he's and he stands up or, or sits up, and he's stronger, and he pulls his arms off, or he pulls her arms off him, and he says, "No, stop! I don't, I can't do this anymore. I don't think I love you. Give me some space." Does she? No. 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 She does the complete opposite. So, so yeah, I. I I'm 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 happy with that panel because it's cringeworthy, but because they make Wonder Woman uh, basically, you know, her deepest desire is to be pregnant. You know no, what I mean? Not really? No, because she looks shocked when she sees that belly. She's like, "Oh God, no!" Right. And and then off afterwards the dialogue that she says as well no no not this not yeah. this way right right um, well and she knows it's also fake at the same time but she also knows this thing keeps bringing out all these truths about herself mm. and then she goes to the to Hera's next and Hera and her fight and then they become allies to fight against the Tartarus but the book ends with the death of Zola right okay. So, yeah, I I don't think it was a plus for the Fomancers. I mean, I think it was, I mean, no. they they like to take 141 and they make it all about them. Oh, what a great couple they are, blah, blah, blah. No, it's basically, I mean, at their wedding, Clark is looking at Lois. Yep, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's got this, this, the saddest face you've ever seen. Like somebody just told 
a kid the night before Christmas is cancelled. Yeah. That's what his face looks. That's what his face looks like in that panel. So yeah. yeah. So no, the, yeah. One forty one is a book about. Uh, I would say. How can I put this? A caution of things that never should happen. Right. That's what it is. When you have an evil entity bringing your deepest, darkest desire to whatever you want, and her wanting to be with a married man, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not good on any level. No, no, and, definitely and not. And this, she basically, she knew this was not Clark. Because she knew it was trying to entice her because, you know, be with me, you know, be with us, be together. And she's like, no, I can't succumb to this because it's not Clark. It's not what this is about, even though it's spouting all these truths. She knew it wasn't really him. And there, but, I mean, him saying, you know, you never believed in us, you never believed in me was like, you know, hello. Mm-hmm. Hello, yes. That's why it's ending, you know. Yeah. (laughs) That's why the romance is ending. I mean, the true test is still going to be in their book. But. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if they're putting stuff like this in the Wonder Woman book, then I think it's it's as good as dead. Right. And here's the other thing. Um, We got the preview. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was. Are those pages all together in the book? Are they just pages? randomly taken from the book because there was no you know oh we should be together forever and kissy kissy and no and even the did you read the title of the of the book it's called the last kiss so you know it's like the ending i I thought that was that happened in the annual back in december well who knows Oh, no. Man, that was the thing that bothered me about it was that, okay, you've already done this in December. Supposedly that was the last breath or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. now you got the last kiss? I don't think, if they kiss in that, I'm still going to be pissed at Tomasi. No, I I hope he doesn't do that. I honestly hope he doesn't. Yeah. Um, because it's, I mean, if it's like a, kiss on the cheek you know what I mean or a, a sort of the kiss of death <laughs> the kiss of death the kiss of, if it's if it's a thing of a metaphorical thing I think that's what it's more gonna be like yeah uh but but people don't the poor man don't get metaphors they don't know what they do no. um, it really should be to call the last kiss off <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, here's what I find extremely funny. Remember in Soul's Run? Oh, after the last battle, we'll be together, blah, 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 blah. And Clark's current battle is that he's de- his last battle will be death. Right. The greatest <laughs> battle gonna that he is it. fighting. Yeah, right. she's the not going to have battle it. That he is fi- exactly. There's because nothing. It, I, I keep saying this. It's ending with Superman. It's yeah. ending with the book that at the beginning had Superman and Lois Lane. Right. And if you read, and if you read what Tomasi says, right, when I saw somebody tweeted him about um, 
well, why are you putting Clark and Lois in the story? And he's like, because Clark and Lois are tight. Clark and Lois are close. March go. And, and nothing. Hello? Hello? Okay. Hello? Yeah, Hello? there was silence there for a bit. Yeah, okay. And uh, so did you, yeah, uh, somebody tweeted him and they said, why are you putting Clovis in, right? Right. And he said, and he said, because Clark and Lois are close, right? And he says, if you're going to tell a story about Superman's final days, you have to have Lois in there. So I'm like yep. sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm reading this tweet and I'm saying, uh, it's just like a whole bunch of question marks around my head because this is the guy that had Lois Lane punched, you know. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so is this guy just trying to to butter us up and trying to right the wrongs? Like 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 you said, you know, he and Jeff Johns are tight because they they wrote a couple of things together. So did Jeff Johns go to him and say, you're going to F up Superman, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to redeem him. Yeah, we're going to fix and your career. Like, right, and he's like, well, give me eight books and I'll do it in that. <laughs> and I don't know. I honestly don't know what is I'm waiting for the formants this week to see what it is about because I know the formants next week or next month rather is very not formancy because well, what they're doing is, is they've got formants this week next the following week is action and then formants again right yeah so it's two weeks and then we'll see what's going to happen. It's right. like hitting then, us hard, you know. And then Batman, Superman after that, and then the final eighth book is Superman. Right. And I, when I read that the way it was coming out, which you pointed out to me, um, mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm happy with this because the ending with the bromance and the romance. Right. Right, the, the true they're, one. They're because gonna, they're, they're going to bookend Clark and Lois. Bookend yes. at the beginning, bookend at the end. Right. And then, of course, Lois has a little cameos in action and stuff like that. But what yeah. I'm saying is the formats is sort of lost in the middle. It's like because he needed that book to just put stuff in. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, let's let's hope, let's see, and uh, yeah, let's. I mean, the Full Man's preview, you can go and look at it. It's it's even. I mean, DC didn't even bother to tweet it out. Um, it's randomly on their blog. It's not even. Yeah, you had to search for it. I had to. I had to ask people. I couldn't find it. So. <laughs> I uh, found it I, after a while. I had to do a cut some searching, but yeah. Yeah, I don't search for anything on dccomics.com because it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I had to like search for it, whereas when I went on to dccomics.com, they had this huge 
on the top, right at the top of the, the, the thing, this just happened, Superman, Lois, and Clark, number seven. And they give you a rundown of what's happening in, in that, and they tie it up to Rebirth. So I was like, okay, all right. Okay, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> so um, let's talk about American Alien. Yes. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay, this is six of seven, so he's got one more to go. Right. Didn't, he say, didn't he say there would be more of Lois in this? Not in this one, in the, in the Valkyrie. No, I mean in the run. Oh, yes, yes. Well, Lois is even name-dropped in this issue, which is, you know, it's, it's a bro issue, and right. it's it's the fact that they name drop Lois and the fact that Pete Ross, his best bud, his best friend, knows how low, how important Lois is to him, you know, and yeah. the fact that they bring it in, I, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so Pete Ross and Kenny Braverman, who later becomes Conduit, maybe, <laughs> that was a good run. That was a good story. Um, does anyone want to read the conduit story? That was from the nineties as well, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so Pete and Kenny are visiting Clark in Metropolis and they're kinda like discussing whether or not, you know, if he's got a big head now that he's the Superman guy, you know, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And really they they just relate to him as bros, as friends. You know, yeah. but they keep bringing mm-hmm. in, they keep bringing in, like, this other entity that he is, you know. They're like, well, what about this, you know? Because they know that Clark had these powers as Clark before right. he I mean, Superman, so, yeah. Yeah, there was that whole scene in the second book where there's, they're basically drinking uh, beers and stuff. Right. And they're talking about it. Yeah. There's a female uh, assistant editor under a- Alex Atone on this book, so just want to point that oh. out. Oh. Um, so he's showing them around Metropolis. They're a little concerned about him standing in front of a giant Superman sign. Spark. <laughs> Spark. <laughs> um, and so he he wants to know, you know, like, you know, the cape, you know, he gave up Batman's cape. Apparently he's wearing the red cape now. And so he right. says, you stop wearing the mask. And Clark's like, it was goggles, man. You know, he says, he stopped wearing the armor. He says, so, you know, his reason to wear the goggles was because the wind and the bugs wouldn't get in his eyes, which wouldn't hurt right. him anyway. But it's got to be, you know, even if it doesn't hurt, bugs and stuff, you know. That's got to ah. ah. So... So they're clowning around, just like guys do, and he says, but you kept the cape, and he goes, it's practical. And Kenny goes, mm-hmm. you look like one of them Mexican wrestlers. He goes, I need to, need it to turn. Yeah. He tried mm-hmm. p- pulling a 90-degree turn at 70 miles an hour between buildings. I've wiped out so many times. 
So this is what I like about Manda. He brings up these things that you would never think about, which are everyday things for Superman slash Clark. I mean, yes, yeah. yeah, it's hard to use for the cake. It's not just a pretty you thing. Know, yeah. You know what I love about Max Mandus is that he makes it relatable. Right. He makes it so that you understand it. He makes it so that you are part of Clark's journey, which I, this book, I absolutely adore because it's just, a little blimp in Clark's life that you get to be a part of. You're a witness right. to. And yeah, I like it. And it's, and it's very funny. I burst out laughing at one scene in particular. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're asking him, you know, why aren't you recognized? Because, you know, you got the same height, the same, you know, hair, blah, blah, blah. And somebody looks up, and why does that guy look like Abraham Lincoln? But I think he's, uh, uh, what is it, what is it? What kind of Jew is that? I'm sorry. The one with the curls. I don't remember the name. Aesthetic? Uh, Aesthetic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know what they're called. (laughs) I think it's Hasidic. He's a Hasidic Jew. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Um, so Kenny goes, so what, you can never take your glasses off? Because I take my glasses off all the time. And you know what everyone tells me? And he's passing another Superman sign. Says, believe the hype. Oh, wow. He says, you look just like Superman. So he takes him to a diner. They're eating food. And, um, so apparently Kenny's getting married. And Clark's like, yeah. wow, I, tell me. And everything is, I did. I sent you an invitation. La, la, la. And Clark's like, well, I've been kind of busy. <laughs> and they go, we know. <laughs> so, um, and so then I think it's Pete pipes up and says, does Lois know? And Clark's <laughs> in the bathroom brushing his teeth while the guys are getting ready for changing into bed clothes. And he says, nope. He goes, well, that's sort of a time bomb, isn't it? And he goes, <laughs> not at this rate. She's still seeing other people. Like, it's going to be inevitable that they're going to be together. I I don't know. I was kind of like, he goes, how uh, cosmopolitan. So in other words, Clark thinks, to me, I read it as Clark thinks that they're going to get together, but she's just seeing other people right now. <laughs> Clark's like, I will and, wait my entire life for this woman because, because she the, is low the, the whole cosmopolitan thing that Pete says, and Pete probably understands too that Clark's like, okay, me and Lois. It's going to be me and Lois. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, he, you know, they come, no, not at this rate. She's still seeing other people. And he goes, how uh, cosmopolitan? <laughs> you know, instead of like... Hey, dude, why aren't you, like, going after her, you know? It's like, man, yeah. So they probably know. To... You know what? Pete, Pete Ross probably knows Clark Kent by now. He took forever to ask Lana Lang. Right. And so he's going to take forever to ask Lois Lane. Yeah, but it but... seems like it's almost like he's very confident about this. 
you know. Well, yeah, you know, clocks like already planned their wedding out basically. Yeah. The scene. Right. Basic, basically, Clark Kent has already planned the wedding out. He's like, she's gonna wear this kind of dress. It's gonna be this lace. Uh, it'll be at three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we'll have a church wedding followed by so. And Pete Ross is probably looking at him like, dude, okay. Right. So they're going to a gallery, and Clark makes a comment about how they're dressed like tourists, and Kenny goes, "We are tourists." Yeah, so <laughs> Pete kind of breaks it the uh, the ice with you know he sings a Superman about screw you Superman you look like a hipster tool and my jacket yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> In other words, it's like Clark the big city kid now is talking yeah, yeah to the the small city guys. So they go to the gallery and you know uh, apparently Clark goes Kent plus two. He takes the two guys in. And um, I don't know why she says it's a miracle. Have fun. Maybe because they were on the list. <laughs> so Maybe, I think it's just like I think it's just like a snarky this thing because she says you have to be on the list, and he's like, we are Kent plus two, you know, and she's like, yeah. it's a miracle. You okay, know? <laughs> really. Yells Clark, and it's Jimmy. And he's like, yes. I can't believe you came. And Jimmy is a um, person of color. Yes, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, well done, Max Landis, on actually making Jimmy Olsen relevant in the world today. I just mentioned a few minutes ago, or an hour ago, how Jimmy Olsen is a character that is not relevant in today's world, and you made him sort of where I believe him in this world. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Jimmy in this in this book. Amazing. I like Jimmy. He's so got much. a different he's got a different personality in this in this completely he's in, different. Yeah, he's an artist, uh, he's a photographer obviously, but he's an artist who's mm-hmm. very worried about whether his work will be accepted or not. Right. It's not yeah. really photojournalism we're talking here at all. No, it's, I mean, he's at this high-end gallery at Metropolis, you know, on a night, probably Friday night or something, on a Monday night. Um, and, you know, he's got an open bar, and he's this sort of, like, hipster sort of thing going on. And, you know, he is actually somebody you would meet in today's world. He's not Superman's hell you know what i mean right the little the little little kid with the bow tie running around that has a signal watch he's not that he's actually somebody clark kent would have met and become a friend with right so yeah and i I actually enjoyed jimmy alton freaking out and saying he's still there hello 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 hello, hello, hello. are you out are you in hello 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 so hello, hello, hello. You faded hello. out again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think it's just the Wi-Fi doing that. It's been, okay. It's been jumpy. It's been so, jumpy the whole week. Um, right. Um. So yeah. Jimmy is like, can you believe? I thought Superman was going to come to this. And he goes, <laughs> and, then he, and right back after that, he goes, Lois isn't coming. Did you know that? Of course you did. 
Okay, in other words, <laughs> cords and lowers are connected at the hips, apparently. He goes, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Clark goes, well, yeah, she thought, and he says, I know that this glamorizes criminals, but they're not just criminals. They're all anyone's talking about. Oh, supervillains. I thought by humanizing, maybe I could. And he goes, bottom line, I mean, I was wrong. Lois was right. This glamorizes mm. them. It's, it's reductive. Bottom line. <laughs> but bottom now, line. huh? Bottom line is Lois is always right. Right. But now everybody's already drunk and telling me I'm a genius. So it'd be hard to shut it down without looking like a prima donna. And Clark goes, Jimmy, it'll be fine. The pictures are great. I actually think it's important to humanize these folks. He goes, humanize these folks? I'm really happy you came, Clark. I'm going to bring us better than Superman being here. A bigger surprise. And he goes, hey, did you say you wanted me to meet your friends? And they're over there looking at... Um, God, who is that? Who's that supervillain? Uh, Looks like something from Mandrake the Magician. Yeah, oh, I had his name, and I forgot who he was. Somebody told yeah. me who he was, but I Who's villain who he is. is he? Who's villain is he? Um... I think he is a Flash villain. He's like a uh, light man or something. I don't know. Is it Merlin? Like the, no, no, no like the color, the 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 color. Somebody he uses um, lights and color. Oh, okay. I think he's a Batman villain, a Batman Silver Age villain. Um, and he uses oh, I can't remember his name now, but I know what he does. He's okay. He's got like yeah. He's like, like he uses. Uh, Lights to confuse you. Oh, okay. Um, do you want yeah. to take over? Because i got to let the dog out. Okay. Oh, I don't have it open. Um, oh. Well, okay. meanwhile, while she's doing that, uh, Kenny and Pete are sucking down the champagne, and they keep looking at <laughs> the painting, and then Kenny goes, pretty weird, and Pete goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope my Wi-Fi doesn't go out. Um <laughs> That'll be funny. I'm just opening it up now. He says, um, so anyway, they're going down the street. Clark says, I didn't mean to get so distracted, guys. I'm sorry I'm not used to parties like that either. And they go, sure, you're not. He says, it's okay. I like the open bar. And he says, maybe just <laughs> a little more. And they say, we're not like you, you know. What do you mean? We can't just fly off to the moon or wherever when we're bored. And Kenny goes, wait, could you... Could you fly to the moon? And Clark goes, well, I mean, I can't hold my breath for three hours, and I think my top speed, flying-wise, was about 7,000 miles per hour over the ocean, but it's almost 300,000 miles to the moon, right? So I probably couldn't. And Kenny goes, Clark, I was kidding. And Clark laughs goes, right, duh. (laughs) I do not have it. I do not. I did not save it. I cannot believe I did not save it. Um, oh wow! So they're looking at the cow, and um, because he took Batman's cow, and he says, "You know, mm-hmm. they built a spotlight for him in Gotham. Just went up last week." And Clark says, "Good for him. As far as I'm concerned, the guy that guy still owes me a new laptop." And Pete mm-hmm. says, "I'm just saying, maybe you should reach out. You used to wear his cape." 
don't pretend the only thing you like about him is his fashion sense. And Kenny goes, he's not watching us right now. Is or no, Clark says, Pete, he attacked me, man. He he'd been stalking me. And Kenny goes, he's not watching us now, right now, is he? Like some kind of Batman camera thing. <laughs> and Probably Pete, is. <laughs> Pete puts a cowl over his face and goes, "Where's that Joker?" And, and, <laughs> and Pete still has the cow kind of on. And he goes, not cool, man. He goes, what do you think the world would think different of Superman if he knew he was actually billionaire playboy Clark Kent? Speaking of, are the taquitos ready? He says, I just put them in. Clark's like grabbing his nose, you know. And Kenny goes, mm-hmm. Pete, Pete was saying you should think about contacting the other ones. There are other ones like you. And Clark goes, the ones like me? And he goes, and Pete says, yeah, you know what I mean. And Clark goes, do I? And he goes, you do. The red blur in Central City, the scary woman with the lasso in D.C., that fish guy who keeps thinking whaling <laughs> folks, the ones, you, the ones like you. And Clark goes, how are they like me? Why would I want to talk to them? And Pete says, because you can't do this alone forever. Clark goes, who mm. said I'm doing this forever? I won't be Superman forever. And Pete's looking like, are you crazy? He goes, Clark, have you even thought about this? Well, what's happening to the world? Something is starting here. Something big. Superman will never be able to retire. And Clark goes, Superman isn't of a real person, Pete. It's just me in a costume. And Pete's grabbing his hand and goes, do you realize how short-sighted you sound right now? And Kenny goes, hey, guys, maybe we should just come down. And Clark's like, (laughs) I'm just trying to help people. And Pete's like on a tangent. He's like, You're, you, yeah, right. And you thought the most direct way of doing that was to put on a costume and fly around the city. Ridiculous. Batman got in your head, Clark. Have you really not thought about this? Why you're doing this? What you're doing? Because it's all we can talk about back home. You just want to become a symbol or but of what? Do you just want to be famous as what? The world's nicest god? You're not even that nice. Hell, you've been, I've seen you be a total dick. Clark's like, I don't want to be famous. I don't want people to know who I am. I just, he goes, so then why the symbol? He goes, what symbol? You mean the S? He goes, you know damn well it's not an S. It's the same symbol on the side of that pod thing your parents have in the barn. So why? To to sell T-shirts? Why are you doing this to yourself? Why would you walk around wearing a giant Target? Why would you put the one thing you know about where you came from out for everybody to see? Because if it ain't ego, I can't figure it out. And Clark looks a little sternly at him. He goes, because, because I'm on TV a lot, and I thought if, if it gets beamed out there into space somewhere, maybe they might see. And Pete's like, when are you going to get your head out of the clouds and realize they don't matter? And Clark's like, what's your problem, man? Are you just jealous or is it more complicated? 
Hey, Kenny, uh, Pete says, jealous? Really? Jealous of you? And Clark's screaming. He's like, it's not my fault. You never left town. I didn't need to have powers to buy a freaking train ticket. And Kenny's like, Clark, calm down. He didn't mean, he goes, I will not calm down. I help people. Pete, what do you do back home other than drink beer and complain? And then Pete goes off. He says, at least I've accepted my life. At least I'm not zipping around in my underwear waiting for mommy and daddy to drop down in an UFO and pick me up. And you are flying blind, man. You are changing the world by accident. And you're worried about what? A dead end, a deadline at your job? You aren't Superman, but you're not even Clark Kent anymore. You've got to stop waiting for something to happen and start living in the right now. Because every second that you don't, you're letting us all down, especially your parents, your real human parents, worst of all. And Clark's like wide-eyed and looking at him and goes, screw you, Pete. He climbs out the window, flies off, mm-hmm. as he starts heading for the moon. Yep. And he bounces into the moon. And that's when he realizes he has no oxygen and he's coming down. Uh, his clothes get burned off, he's naked, and mm-hmm. a, green, a Green Lantern shows up. says, not so fast. And Clark's gasping. He goes, who are you? He goes, <laughs> is he human? And that's um, La Freeze, La Freeze, wouldn't it? And he goes, no, he's from Krypton. Kryptonian, how? came down in a pod some 24 cycles ago. We've been monitoring the situation, Tom Array. It's under control. Mm-hmm. What's Kryptonium? What's that up? <laughs> and he goes, what's wrong with him? Decompression, the atmospheric change in pressure would have killed a human instantly. What do we do? What are you saying? I can't hear what you're saying. Tell me, Kryptonium? <laughs> he goes, first time he tried anything like this, I'll handle it. My name is Abin Sir. Your planet has mm-hmm. not yet cleared for annexation into the Green Lantern Corps, and therefore I cannot in good conscience. No, you listen to me. You don't <laughs> tell me what to do. You, an alien, I'm an alien too, okay? It's no one cares. <laughs> so you tell me who did it, okay? I didn't. <laughs> I just came up here to go to the moon, okay? So back off, purple guy. You said I'm Kryptonian. What is that? Tell me where that is right now. Or I'm, I swear I'm going to, I can shoot lasers out of my eye. So watch out. I I burst out laughing at the panel. I pulled out his eye like you're going to shoot him. He goes, please tell me that this is real. I wanted you to be real. I want to know what Krypton is. Please tell me. And Abinster keeps looking at him and then he, shoves the the ring in Clark's face and Clark wakes up outside his bed uh mm-hmm. and and Kenny's on the couch and Pete's up on the roof so he gets up on the roof he goes hey Pete we found you out here naked and he, he says should I ask and Clark says I don't really it's all blurry he says I'm sorry man I shouldn't have said those things and I shouldn't have run away that was stupid. I understand how you feel. And and Pete, Pete says, no, you don't. Okay, i got to let the dog out. Can you pick it up from here? Or I'm yeah, going to have yeah, tea yeah. in my house. Okay. 
Um, basically, okay, I don't have the comic in front of me, but basically, um, Pete and Clark reconnect and, um, you know, Clark tells him, you're my best friend, and he says, you're my best friend too, uh, and they talk about where is he taking the sort of symbol of Superman. Uh, I thought this was uh, a complete leap and jump in a different direction from what we've normally seen, and it's completely genius for me from Max Mitlanders because he does sort of put out these questions of, you know, what is Clark doing? What and 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 Pete is completely justified in his in his anger that his friend is sort of wallowing and wasting his life uh, because he's looking for, you know, Kryptonians or whatever it is. And, you know, he he, he knows that his friend is destined for more. And, um, you know, it, it's just a story about Clark Kent's humanity. And then at the end of it, um, Pete is going down to make um, breakfast and... So he leaves the roof and Clark says he'll join him. And he looks up at the sky and into the sun and he says, Krypton. So with this huge, huge smile on his face. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting issue. Um, it's, again, something that makes you think. I think Max Landis, you know, touches on that brilliantly where he's like you know he he keeps making you think about um the situations and 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 where superman fits in and he doesn't just sort of spoon feed you a you know a, a comic uh he or a line or whatever he he makes you question things and look at things. So yeah. My Molly's back yet. I I get so freaked out because I think it's gonna just cut anytime soon. Um trying to open up this page, but my American alien is not loading for some odd reason. Uh, let me see if I can get it. Ah, there we go. Let's see if it'll load. I'm back. You're back. Okay, my pages aren't loading for some odd reason. So, Pete says, if you think this is about me, you can't even see past your own damn nose. You haven't even thought about what you're creating, the danger you're putting yourself in. That's all I think about back home. It's like having a friend in a combat zone. It's weird to be one of the few people who knows. It's scary when I see you on TV getting shot at, man. Do you even think about that? And it gets worse every day. You think nothing can touch you. I see it in your face on those posters. They hang everywhere. Tweakers from Smallville are one thing, but the parasite monster, the ultra-humanite, there's something else. 
and they're just the beginning. Mark my words. Monsters are coming, Clark. They're mm-hmm. beating down the doors. And when they get in, there's not going to be anything I can do to to help you. Um, let's see. So they're looking out at the dawn, and Clark, or Pete says, you're my best friend. And Clark goes, I'm sorry, Pete. You're my best friend, too. And they hug. Mm-hmm. And Pete says, thank you for not punching me through a wall. And Clark says, it's whatever. <laughs> he says, Kenny texted you like 400 times. And Clark says, I think my phone is in space. I think I need a new one. Boss <laughs> <laughs> says, you're so telling this story at breakfast. And Clark says, I'll try. I'll be down in a second, okay? And Pete says, you got it, doofus. And Clark looks up and sees the sky. And he says, Mm -hmm. Krypton. And the next issue is called Valkyrie, which is the last Mm -hmm. issue. Yeah, so what what did that mean? Because they've basically been doing birds, right? Right, right. Well, a Valkyrie is a bird in mythological senses, is is it not? Um, well, flies. I know that it's like yeah, the uh, yeah, whatever the thing. I know. I, I know. There's. I know. There's a. There's a Norse version of 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 Valkyrie, right. right? Who is basically the the warrior woman that takes you to Valhalla, um. But yeah, I think it's a, some sort of mythological bird. Right. So interesting. I'm I'm googling Valkyrie now to see what I can find up, and it pops up with the movie. Stupid well, yeah, it's stupid um, Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> um, I have a really funny story about Valkyrie. Oh, that's so funny. Um, let's see, Norse mythology. Uh, female figures who choose, who may die in battle, and who may live. Um, select heroes to take to the hall of Valhalla, um, and to be honored by Odin. So it could be like, um, the dawning of his, of his heroes status. Maybe. Yeah. Valkyries appear as lovers of heroes, uh, described as royalty, yeah. It basically they they decide they are the, they decide who the heroes are. So that could be Lois. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing you just said it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I'm looking forward to that final issue because this has been a good mm-hmm. arc. This has been good stories from Max Landis. It's been um, stories about Clark's heart. You know, yeah. this issue is, yeah. is, is his bromance, you know. It's people who care about him. It's it's people who, like Pete says, you know, he can't help him. And I find that, I find that so um, telling about the friends that Clark Kent chooses is that Pete Ross, would would risk anything to protect a guy who's bulletproof, you know. Um, and, and Kenny sent him four hundred texts while he was gone. Right, 
Right, exactly. They're worried about him. They they care about him. And so for me, I love the, the pacing of this issue because it's just, there's no Superman. There's no Superman. There's like one blimp of powers, right, where he flies to the moon. But that's it. It's just a Clark Kent story. And it's so refreshing because we haven't had good Clark Kent stories in a while. So to see somebody who actually cares about Clark, the character, the heart of the of you know the DC mythology and things, it, for me it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it to people who are. But I would say you need to uh, not expect this sort of action-packed issue. You know what I mean? It's it's a day in the life of. Clark and his friends. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's fine. I mean, you gotta have some character building. No, for me I love it. I, I, I don't right. see anything wrong with it. You know, I would rather take the issues, um, the one and done issues that build a character than the issues that have masses and masses of fights and, and no character building. Right. Now that we sort of care about Clark in the storyline, we know that either Doomsday or Lobo is coming in this brutal fight that that Max Landis has been talking about. He says it's the most brutal thing that you will see in comics. Um, And so, you know, if it is him doing his Doomsday version, because we've seen Doomsday is sort of coming in the sort of uh, side stories, the back stories. Um, we know that it could be Doomsday, you know, and we know he's a huge fan of Doomsday. Right. He, he I mean, he keeps wanting to rewrite Doomsday. <laughs> well, I don't see how Valkyrie fixes into that, but okay. Well, I mean, I don't think he'll do the death off, but I think he could do a sort of homage to that where he's like, he he sacrifices himself for So is Lobo in this book? I don't know. He was hinting at Lobo on his Twitter page, so I don't know if he's doing Lobo in this or if he's doing Lobo in something else. Oh, okay. He just likes Lobo. Hmm. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, definitely read American Alien. You'll get to see yes. a perspective of Clark Kent, and it's really good. So, let's move on to action. Now, yes, did you notice I have that. that <laughs> okay. Did you notice that they are using the S-Shield with the numbering system? Yes, I noticed it. I noticed it at the um, beginning, at, at Superman uh, 51. I actually showed it to a lot of people that uh-huh. have been now tweeting about it and putting it in their reviews. I'm like, but did you notice the little Superman shield with the numbering? Because for me, that that's like taking me back to my 90s comics, you know? Right. Um, this is called The Search for Supergirl because... Clark is dying, and he needs—he wants to make sure the Earth is protected. So he's going to mm-hmm. find Kara. 
We get another John Romita uh, variant cover. Sideways, with Clark, sideways Superman. Sideways flying Clark with no feet. <laughs> and lots of flames. You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, now, um, who drew this Clark? Palatier? Palatier? Um... Paul Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clark just burst into this laboratory. Now, I think he's a little peeved because they have his cousin tied up. Well, more than tied up. Yes. He's in a, so he's in he's a, a little irritated. But this is too close to, you know, brawling Superman for some of us. For me, um, it was a bit much. For me, it was a bit much that he just smashes into... Right. The whole wall thing, yeah. And then he just yeah. crashes out. You know, he tells people, people are like, no, they're trying to explain to him that, you know, we get to see the explanation of why Kara was in this machine. Right. Later, and they're trying, to, they're trying to explain it to him, and he just tells them, shut up, and he lasers things, and he scricks things, and he fracks things, and he kabooms things, and he crashes out. <laughs> Yeah, and he picks her up, and he's in the air with her, and she looks up at him, and she goes, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, saving you from becoming a lab rat, Kara. She goes, I did not need saving, pal. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of a reminder of the Red Lantern, Kara, you know, too. So it's like, what? So Yeah, poor, poor Kara. She needs somebody to take care of her because she's not an anger ball. Character. She is a happy-go-lucky, you know, character. <laughs> so, anyway, she's been gone for weeks, so Clark's become concerned all of a sudden, you know. Mm. And um, so she's like, I was not under the impression I had to check in and give you an update on my every move. Mm. She's such a snarky teenager. Yeah, but the thing about it is is that he's ignored her for how long? He's ignored her for over a year. I went I yeah. checked it out. I checked when lasted cuz somebody asked me uh when lasted uh Superman <laughs> and Kara appear anywhere near each other and it was in that one issue drawn by Emanuela Lupicino which was like eons ago. So so, I mean, he had to get Batman to help him figure out where Kara was. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when he did find her, she was unconscious, strapped to a chair and at the DEO facility. So yep. he thought she was, you know, being uh, kidnapped or whatever. She goes, I was there, Cal, on my own volition. Okay. Mm-hmm. So lots of non-communication in this family. Yeah. Mhm. So then she explains what she was doing there. What was she doing there again? She was there uh because when Clark started losing his powers, she started losing her powers as well. Right. Um, and so three fifty two um Superman too. Right, right. She says 
It started when I was in New York. I began feeling dizzy, uh, tired. Uh, we remember in the one issue of Supergirl, uh, she's in. The, she's working in the sort of. She's a barista. Uh, she works at a coffee shop, and she's trying to open uh, a a pack of coffee beans, and she cuts herself. So obviously her powers were on the wonky side. Um, you know. Then she says everything went to hell when you know his secret identity was revealed. Um. And she says, but I had every intention of helping people who needed help. Even if wearing this symbol, this S, made me a target. So basically people were like targeting Supergirl. Um, And things went from bad to worse as my powers grew weaker. I find this very interesting that that pre-Flashpoint Superman... uh, New 52 Superman and Supergirl, who are all super family people, are losing their powers. Yep. So, obviously, there's something that's going to be revealed there. Um, And it's more than Dale Savage. More, no, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And she's like, um, Vandal Savage's crazy plans to pull the comet towards the Earth. Uh... Even the Justice League's powers were being leached off. Um, It was like a switch had been flipped. I suddenly lost almost all of my abilities. That's when DEO agent Cameron Chase offered to to help. She said that um, they would keep me safe out of harm's way and help me to jumpstart my powers. So that's basically what's been going on with Kara. So while she's trying to tell Clark that um, they were good to her and she needed to go back and sort things out before, you know, she wanted to, like, apologize for her cousin's mm-hmm. interruption. He mm-hmm. starts to get faint. He says, there's a reason I need to see you right. And he starts falling down through the sky, and she grabs a hold of him. She says, I have, I have got you. And she says, are you all right? What is it, Cal? What is wrong? And he goes, Pretty soon, there's only going to be one survivor of the House of L left here on Earth, and that person is you, Kara. Dun dun dun. Mhm. Now we got this dragon. It's so dramatic. Yeah. So huh? dramatic. Yeah. Clock is so dramatic. <laughs> so we're at the Loez. What character? Why they named it Loez? Is there an actual place for Loez Plateau? Uh, don't know. I can check for you. It's in uh, Shanghai province. And we see a dragon uh, going into this building, um, and apparently it's got high tech in it. Mm -hmm. Identity, you've verified, uh, access granted, and Eddie had to tell us it was translated from Mandarin Chinese. Well done. He earned, his, he earned his paycheck that day. So, he should, I have returned, Dr. Omen. Remember, there's this check in China. And I see the others did not. 
Rather than be captured by the Americans, they sacrifice themselves. I assume you return because you were successful. Of course. Uh, villain talk. You always tell villain talk. And she goes, mm-hmm. Superman. So he's got blood on his nails. <laughs> yeah. He's got blood and on his... I thought, it was, I thought it was just paint that he had until, you know, I zoomed in. I was like, oh, he's got a nice manicure there. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Superman's, yes? And he goes, as you commanded. Place your bloodied claw over the sterile steel tray. After the cut, go into the after the cut, go into the nest room to have the wound cauterized. Whatever mm-hmm. pleases your pleases you, Doctor Omen. Rest assured, Dragon, I will endeavor to grow you another hand. And so she splices off his hand. Okay, nice mm-hmm. going not the Not the cleanest way to do it if you want to get Superman's sample of his blood. Yeah, because she just dragon's blood all over it. Yeah, and she just like slit his wrists, you know, and now it's like spraying blood everywhere. These great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Oh, isn't she philosophical? Mm. So we've got this guy. Is he? That's not plaid, dude. That's just checkered. Okay, it's a difference. Mm. A guy arrives at um, the Daily Planet, and he thinks he's Clark Kent. This is the guy that's been hit with the beam. That you know, he thinks he's Superman. It was he's a criminal before, but now he's you know. So he goes to the Daily Planet. He says, another day, another dollar at the Daily Planet. What are you... And so there's an inner voice that says, what are you doing? Get out of here. Don't go up there. Violated your parole. And so the guard says, hey, buddy, you can't get in there without a pass. He says, come on, Eddie. Stop messing around. I work here. And, and the inner voice says, damn toy cop on a power trip. Oh, brother. And uh, the, the guard says... Don't know how you know my name, but I've never seen you before. Step aside. He says, it's me, Clark Kent. And so the other voice says, too much attention to yourself. Stop messing with this guy. And guard says, you're pushing your luck, bud. No pass, no go. And so the guy fists his neck and says, here's my pass, Eddie. And then he grabs Eddie's glasses and puts them on and says, start singing and an inner voice says, you're going to send us back to prison. And so the elevator dings. And so then he's walking through the office. He goes, hey, Dominic, how's your son? And he's like, he's, he's heat visioning the glasses at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is great editorial the other day, Audrey. And he goes, hi, Jackie. Still heat lasering the, yeah. And so he looks and goes, morning, Perry. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, Jimmy, hope the fire pictures came out good. And Jimmy goes, uh, yeah, thanks about that. And he walks by in Lois's office and goes, hey, Lois, time to grab lunch today? Um, and so he goes to his cube, Cork's cube, and he says, uh, why are you sitting here? This is my desk. And the guy goes, actually, it's mine. And I'm in the middle of a call, and on deadline, so scroll. And so he picks up the guy and tosses him. Sorry, I don't appreciate your attitude. Oh, God. Still got mm-hmm. heat visions all over the place. And he goes, okay, nothing to see, everybody. Time to get to work. Mm-hmm. And so three gu- guards with guns come, and they said, make this, e- this easy up now. Thanks to you, paramedics 
had to perform a tracheotomy on your our friend downstairs. Police are on the way. Whoever you are, put your hands on your head. And so the guy goes, as I mentioned earlier, so the heat vision is going everywhere. The name is Kent, Clark Kent, and he heat visions the three policemen. Not mm. good. Yeah, Ash. And he goes, they made me go and ruin my glasses. So who else here doesn't believe I'm Clark Kent? And everybody's like, what? And so all everybody's kind of cowering in front of him. And but behind him is someone who says, me. And she has two tasers, and she tasers his butt. And she goes, Perry, mm-hmm. I think we should. He says, give Argus a call. Good idea. So he's dialing Argus. And mm-hmm. so then now we're back to the... Arctic Circle, and I was like, the whole time I was like, where, where is Lois going to show up in this book? Because she hasn't been in action for you know, God knows how long. And finally, she did, and she did some cat-cat shit. Apparently, she didn't have she time for one. She gets a splash page of basically being a hero. If yeah. you have any doubts of Lois Lane being a kick-ass heroine in DC Comics, here is your proof. When everybody else is cowering, when there is a mad supervillain in the DC offices pretending to be Clark Kent, she steps up and she takes him down. Bam. Lois Lane. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Peter Tomasi. I never expected this. Never. Yeah, really. So, you want to do the Arctic Circle? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so, we, the cousins fly into the Arctic Circle. And Clark says, welcome to my home away from home. Uh, I don't know why he's welcoming Kara here since she's been to the fortress before. But anyway. And so Kara yeah, okay, she kept it for him, too, after she it kept it, Yeah, she, she kept it going when he was gone into his black hole. And after his girlfriend exploded it, she was like, you know, I tried to sweep up the mess, but... One woman's ditched it, so anyway. So Kara's like, okay, enough is enough, Cal. For a second, it looked like you were going to keel over back at the DEO. And then you drop, you drop some bomb on me about being the last Kryptonian. Then not another word till we land. Why did you bring me here? So Clark boots, literally boots up his computer. He says, because of this. And so hollow screens pop up all around Kara with Kryptonian writing. Um, and she's reading it and she's crying and she says, so what does this all mean? And Clark says, it means there's a huge responsibility I need you to consider taking over for me. So Kara's like, I do not know, Cal. After everything that has happened, seeing how some of the world threatened you, turned against you, even friends, maybe keeping below the radar is a smart choice. Clark says, they have a right to be scared and afraid of what they don't understand. I think I'd be too in their shoes. Kara says, but I'm not sure that I can deal with all their expectations. Clark says, I like had to do a double take when I read this. I was like, it's not about us, Kara. It's about them. When is he selfless? So it's about paying it forward so people can see it. A tangible example of what's right and wrong. 
be the stone carer because in the ripples that change because it's the ripples that can that change the world um and so he's showing her all these people on his screen and you know she's she's doubting herself and he sort of brushes her hair away and he says you can do this you're so much stronger than you give yourself credit for sure family shield can be a target but it's also a badge of honor that i know you wear proudly each and every day i want you to have the key to the fortress and um Kara says, but you gave me one that I have never used. And he says, not to everything. He says, this one unlocks it all. Every square foot, it's yours to explore. Krypton is here when you need it to be. This is a sanctuary for when it all gets a little too much. A place to decompress, a place to recharge. A place to remember, a place to talk. And he gives a, a shield of uh, the House of L. And she says, I'm not sure about all this, Cal. And he, and she says, it's a lot to take in. And so he helps her place the House of L key in the command center. And his face pops out in a hologram and says, Kara, I will always be here for you. And so now he's talking to her and he says, can I count on you? And Kara looks at him and she says, yes, yes, you can. And so they're leaving the fortress and they open the door and she says, so what is next? He says, I have quite a bit still to do. You're not losing me just yet. And then we see this figure in the snow who was just standing out there waiting for the door to be opened. She's, and it says, here you are. And we go to the next page, and it's a splash page of Wonder Woman with her shield and sword out in the snow. She says, when were you going to tell me? And she looks at, she's shouting at him. I can't shout because I have sore throat. Um, Holly should actually do this in her, in her Wonder Woman voice because that's the voice that I read it in. All week for that. <laughs> oh God, this woman is crazy. <laughs> so we had a discussion on Twitter. I said, "Well, she used to have a key, but then, oh yeah, she imploded that fortress." So I suppose Clark <laughs> thought, thought twice about giving her another one. Right. So she thought, it's way outside for him. Yeah, because people are, t- are telling me, oh, um, she's in the fortress. And I said, no, no, she's waiting for the door to be opened. Yeah. She's outside in the cold, literally. She's out in the cold. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. Yeah. I don't think. And so, yeah, she wasn't first we on got. his list. She was not first yeah, on the- his list at all. She's not even in his radar at this moment. Right. Yep. He and I love that. I absolutely adore that because who was on his radar was Batman uh, to find Supergirl, right? Um, yeah, but he was No, no, right. But but it was to tell Batman, right? 
Um, yeah. And he even has a moment with Alfred. That happens in Batman v Superman. Uh, the first person he goes to is Crypto, to be quite honest. He's like, right. boy, I'm dying. <laughs> and, and his dog is like, and, you know, he's like, Crypto is probably, like, who's going to feed me, you know? Um, you know, no, Crypto's missing his, his, his master, his, his best friend. Um, the next person he goes to is Lana because he wants to tell her, bury me here. Right. Right. Um, the next person he goes to is Lois to write his story. Right. And yep. I mean Lois's Lois's uh, and and he uh, seductively asks her if she wants to fly around with him. Right. You uh, you want to take a spin? And she's like, where? And he's like, up. And I mean, the flirt on that page is off the charts. Um. You know, she's sitting there alone at home, drinking wine, having her food, and he's tapping on her window, and he's like, hey, Miss Lane, I'm going to go for a spin. And she's like, okay. And she's actually the first person to notice that he was actually tired, and he didn't look himself. Right. Even though he was, I mean, crypto sensed it, right? He's like, oh, yeah. What's wrong? what's wrong with you? But, you know, and then why are you acting like this? Crypto noticed it because dogs have that sense about them. Um, but Lana didn't notice anything. So, yeah. Okay, Ms. Lang. Um, but, yeah, he, he goes to everyone. I mean, he goes to his, his pet first, his sister, the woman of his dreams, because I'm not... I will never get off that issue that he that Lois has always been the one for New Fifty Two Superman, even though he's dating one woman. Um, right. We can go back to fourteen where he says she is the most amazing woman he has ever met, and that was after the kiss. So, um, you know, and then he goes to his bro, right, and he's like, "I'm dying, man," and he's like, and Batman's like. We can do something. And he's like, no, no. Stuff is done. Stuff is done, you know. And Batman's distraught by it. Alfred can see it. Um, but they help him find Supergirl. So, and then he goes to his cousin, right? And Wonder Woman isn't even, like, on the radar. She has to physically come and, again, it's like, just give him some space. You know what I mean? The stalker chick. Yay, stalker chick 101, Wonder Woman, New 52. And, yeah, the previews is basically Kara saying, uh, okay, Clark, I'm going to leave you and your crazy girlfriend to talk, and yeah, I'm well. going to go check this, this part of the, the, the fortress. Goodbye. Shoop. <laughs> I don't even remember what he tells her. He's like, he's just, she's like, oh, when were you going to tell me? And he's like, when I felt like it, if I felt like it. Okay, he's been with him through the Truth Arc and the Savage Dawn Arc. And she didn't notice. Mm-hmm. No. She doesn't understand him at 
care enough or sense stuff about him enough to know he's dying. Lois takes one look at him and goes, you don't look so good. But you know but, what? You know what? Yeah. I'm going back to that whole thing of when she took him to the gods. And they said he's mortal now. I think she effed him up there. Hmm? I said it was going to come back. Well, yeah. No girlfriend who just broke up with her, the man she loves for the second time, should be making out with some other guy on top of the Lincoln Memorial. Because Mm -hmm. they're lonely, okay? Especially if she's considered a superhero. A woman of, you know, integrity of any kind. Mm-hmm. Now she's standing outside his, in the cold, in the blow, outside his <laughs> door going, Man, what are you going to tell me? <laughs> I'm like, Wonder Woman, get a grip already, you know? Yeah, you are. <laughs> when were you going to tell me? Where did she go and look? Did she go to the right place this time? No, she probably went to his apartment. Oh, goodness. And she's like, oh, now he's not here. (laughs) Yeah. Guess wrong again. So, let's move on to one of the best books ever. Yes, one of the best books ever. I got... So this we got a John Romita Jr. cover as well. Yeah. This is the next to last book, right? Yeah, yeah. Next issue is the last issue. Yeah. So, yeah, John Romita Jr., just go draw Batman and leave Superman alone. Um, mm-hmm. Is he doing covers for all the books? All the main, like, 25 books that get Variant covers. I'm sure the Bat fans love that. I don't even know what his Batman cover looks like. I know he didn't want do one for Harley. Uh, Amanda Connor said she'll do her own variants. Ooh, burn. <laughs> burn! <laughs> Go, Amanda! Right on, sister. Um, okay, so we're at the White House. Uh, AKA the Kent. Uh, the White several, House. <laughs> the White House. Uh, several <laughs> years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, Lois is narrating. She says, I should have known this day would come. No matter how much we wanted to have a secret, happy life, it couldn't last forever. And John John Samuel is running around with a Flash doll, uh, figure and a Superman figure. And he goes, who do you think is faster, Mom? Superman or Flash? She goes, Oh, did, I'm pretty Did you sure. notice? Did you what? notice his Superman has his underoos on? Yes. He's got the <laughs> underpants on. But then he's got the collar, too, in the next panel. Yeah, so, so. people were confused. We're <laughs> really mixed up here. So she goes, Oh, I'm pretty sure Superman is, John. No question. <laughs> and he says, uh, it'd be way more fair if Flash is. And she goes, how so? And she's opening the door to the house. And he goes, because Superman's got tons of powers. He can fly and bend steel and, and stuff. All Flash can do is run super fast. So he should win. And Lois goes, I, Clark? <laughs> and John goes, 
Wow, what's going on, Dad? And there's a huge banner that says congratulations, and Clark's standing there with two glasses in one hand and a bottle of something in the other, and he says, come on in, it's time to celebrate. And John mm-hmm. goes, yay! Uh, why, though? <laughs> Lois goes, not that I don't like a party, but I'm pretty curious myself. And he's still holding his figures up because, must be good if we got balloons. And Clark goes, there's root beer in the fridge if you want it, pal. And he goes, oh, boy. And Lois says, what is this all about, Clark? And he says, it's a publication party, Lois, for Arthur, Arthur X, presenting Fortress Wall Street, America's True Ruling Class. And Lois goes, it's here? Oh, Clark. So she got her first no, uh, novel published. Or investigation. Mm-hmm. I guess it would be nonfiction. She says, I have to say this feels good. Really, really good. And Clark says, I wish we could have a proper party for you, Lois. But if we're going to do our work anonymously, and she goes, I don't mind, Clark. Thank you. And then John comes in with his figures still in his hands. And he goes, and they're coming around the Washington Monument heading for the finish line. Fashoosh. And Lois mm-hmm. says, Watch, watching John. Do you ever wonder, and Clark is about, you know, if he could ever, and Clark says, the past, be, be fast enough to run that type of race someday? I've always wished we had an expert I could talk to him to. Talk, take, take him, him to. Take him to. And so John's still playing the, 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 the race and um, says, and the winner is Flash! That's really good. <laughs> okay. And Lois puts her hand, her head on Clark's chest, and Clark hugs her, and he, she says, "It doesn't matter to me either way, Clark. No matter what, I always think of him as my little super boy." Oh. So you want to do the fire, the present? Yes, we get this uh, huge splash page, well, one page uh, of fire surrounding. Uh, John and Lois, and he's reaching out into the fire. Flames aren't hurting his fingers, and it says, Arrival, Part 7. Uh, Lois is still narrating, and she says, Intergang discovered I'm Arthur X, that my book revealing their crimes is almost finished. Now they want me dead. And she's like, John, don't. And he's like, It's okay, Mom. It doesn't hurt. She says, but that latch is red hot. How? And he's like, come on. And he smashes the door open and they're running out of the fire. And Lois kneels down beside him once they get in safe cover out of the fire. She says, but you're you're really okay? You aren't hurt? He says, yeah, but I don't. I mean, and then we see the intergang thugs coming in and she's like, you must have questions. They'll have to wait because if we if we ever needed your father, uh, it's now. And the, the thugs are coming in and they say, they're out. And, you know, then we swap to uh, the bridge where they have the Roosevelt Bridge where they are filming this reality TV show called Badass Nation, 
the worst concept of a reality TV show ever. Uh, we have Suvan narrating. He says, I have reason to believe that Lois and John are in imminent danger. I was on my way when I came across some nut tearing up a bridge. At least one man is dead. There won't be another. Yeah, you go, Clark. Um, so the badass nation dude guy, can't remember his name, says, you kind of look like Superman, kind of dressed like Superman. But that don't fool me. You ain't Superman. Hmm, if only you knew. Uh, says, Clark says, it doesn't matter who I am, Black Rock. All that matters, and he's charging up his heat vision, and he fires at his face. He says, is that I stop you? And Black Rock is saying, ah! Because he got heat vision to the face. And Clark is like, you're a pretender. He says, a wannabe, and he's smashing him, and he's ripping the, the body armor apart. And Blackrock is going, ah, ah. And then he punches the, the, the power pack that's driving the, the suit for Blackrock, and he pulls out the cords, and he's like, a loser in a suit of armor. But that armor doesn't make you strong. It makes you weak. Take it away, and you're nothing. Is this commentary on the armor that Batman uses mm. in the Dark Knight? Probably. Probably. I'm I'm taking it as a little pinch of salt to that. Um yeah, and we get this beautiful arch of Superman. I mean he's so the word I want to use is dynamic. He's like in motion. And yeah. Just really, it's really good. It's really good writing and it's really good art. And so he's ripping apart this armor that Blackrock has. He's taking out all the wires and the, the the things that connect into the power. And he's like, "Why do this? What could you possibly hope to get out of it?" And so Blackrock is now on the defensive and he's explaining to Superman. He says, "They told me, they told me to said it said no one would get hurt." He says that w- that the bridge was going to get torn down anyway for their reality show. Clark looks furious and he says, "They, you did this for TV? And so the camera crew, the Broughton is like, zoom in, give me a clear shot of black in, uh, the man in black. I want to know who he is. Um, the guy says, I don't have the right lens for this. Um... And so Clark is like, uh, somebody says, oh, no excuses. That shot could make badass nation. And Clark is like, badass nation? You are willing to kill for demented garbage that only exists to sell beer and antacid tablets. And Black Clark is like, it wasn't my fault. They're supposed to block the road. And Clark just throws him down and he's like, unbelievable. And he heat visions the guy's camera and is and um the producer says a uh, good thing the van's still recording, but too late because so man heat visions the van as well and destroys all the the footage they got. You go, Clark. Um and so Clark is thinking to himself, he says, All this damage and a man's life for a TV show. No wonder this world still seems foreign. 
You're lucky I have to get to Lois and John. If I stay, it might get ugly. Oof. Kind of sexy clock. You want me to still go on to the island sure. thing? Sure. Okay, so we're at the island that um, Hank Henshaw was at. It says half a world away. We hear, we see a narration that says, I want the stone. Um, and we get this huge splash page of um, Hainus, uh, Hyatus, Hyatus, that's her name. Um, you now she's this warrior woman and she's got a sword and stuff and she's got vines, like plant vines, like poison ivy plant vines twirling around people. And so someone says, don't know what you're talking about, honey bunch. And uh, I, this is Henshaw. He says, Chambers, don't. And uh, Hyathus says, I'm not your honey bunch. I'm Hyathus. She kicks him in the face as he's trying to shoot her. She says, I'm the high panela of planet Astar. Any attempt to harm me is punishable by death. You, and Henshaw is running away. She says, you have something I want. And she uses the vines to bring him back. And Hank, Hank just says, I do. And she says, strange. Uh, your mind is not open to me. How rare. You have, you have the oblivion stone. Give it to me. And he says, you mean this? And he shows her the shard that he had uh, when he was in Superman's cave and he used his powers and she says that's all you have where's the rest where's the other half and we cut back to Lois um uh in front of Intergang and uh Intergang Intergang thugs are like gotta admit boys author X is some piece of work don't know how you got out, but it won't change anything. You die. John is like, Mom, Mom. And Lois is thinking, she says, two, two thoughts flash through my mind as I try to buy time. The first is John's safety. And she's like, and she's blocking John's eyes and she says, please, not my son. He hasn't done anything to hurt you. And the, op the intergang thugs open fire and said, that ain't how this works. Shoot them both. And Lois is narrating, she says, the second is, and we see a whoosh, and we then get a splash page of Clark saving Lois and John in each arm. Uh, Lois is in her usual position, arms around his neck, and toes pointed, and John is in his second arm, and uh, Clark says, Lois, Hang on, she's like Clark and John. Damn! Wow. And then the, in, the intergang peeps are like, "Who was that?" And the the gas tankers next to the fire explode. Um, and Clark tells John that explosion. Don't look, John. Close your eyes. I know it's hard to breathe at the speed. But it's necessary. We have to make we have to make sure no one sees where we're going. 
and Clark is saying super fast, and Lois is thinking, I can feel John. I can feel John's fear from here. I didn't want him to find out like this. Never wanted it to be an accident. I hoped for the day when we could sit down and discuss this as a family. I've lost that chance. And because we've created this false narrative, I can't help but feel a bit like I've betrayed my own son. Do you want to take this? Or? Okay. Um, okay. Clark sets them down. He says, we're home. You're safe now. And John goes, you call us safe? When you guys, when guys with guns are chasing us and trying to kill us, and you're some kind of Superman? And Lois goes, John, I realize you're upset, but upset? When you and Dad have been lying to me my whole life? Yeah. And Clark says, I know this is hard, John, but he knows Clark, but because of, not because of what you just did, but because of what he just did. And Clark goes, I don't, unless you mean, you better explain, Lois. She goes, we were trapped, (laughs) yeah, we were trapped in a burning shed, Clark. John put his hand right in the middle of the fire for quite some time, and I opened a red-hot metal latch with no pain whatsoever. And Clark is like, oh, white-eyed, and goes, oh, oh, boy. John's son, he takes a hold of him, and he says, and John looks up and goes, are you really Superman? And Clark goes, it's complicated. Well, then John goes walking off going, that's what grown-ups always say when they don't want to talk about something. Yeah, it's complicated. And Lois says, I know, John, but in this case, it's true. Even more than we can sometimes comprehend. But I hope you'll let us try to explain it to you. And so he looks at Ranger, his dog, and says, what do you think, Ranger? And he goes, he thinks that would be good. I could hear you through the walls talking about being Superman. And Clark goes, I see. He says, your suit, that S, it's sort of like Superman's, but you aren't him. I don't get it. And Clark goes, how do I put this? Have you ever heard the theories of other universes, very much like ours, but with subtle differences? Parallel universes? That's right, John. Well, your mom and I are from a universe like that with an Earth very much like this one. But that universe is gone now. And Lois explains, this is where we ended up. This is home, your home. The Daily Planet headline you saw, that was written by this world, Lois Lane, about this world, Superman, not Daddy. He, we never wanted to be in their way. So we work secretly, like a secret identity thing, dad and you. Mm. And Clark says, she's author X, son. I'm very proud of what your mother has done. And John says, why did you lie? Why didn't you tell me the truth? And Clark says, our priority has been keeping you safe, John, except for mom's publisher. No one knows. And even she doesn't know about me. John says, but it isn't fair that I don't know who I was, that I could do stuff too. And Lois says, honey, until today, we had no idea. Clark says, we're we're as surprised as you are. 
I mean, we thought that maybe down the road when you were older, but now I, I, and he starts to feel faint. And John goes, Dad. And Lois goes, Clark, what's wrong? And he goes, no, visions. And so we see this fiery vision of, like, these demonoid kind of people. I imagine they're with hiatus. And Mm -hmm. we see, is that a dragon in the middle? No, in the middle is Clark. In the middle is Clark and his face and his heat vision exploding outwards. Okay, and then above that is what? Is that highest? Above that, above that is the ship, the 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 Jupiter ship. Yeah, but there's like hair or something. Yeah, no, that's Clark Spitko. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You can see it is, yeah, it's his eyes, and it's his spitko that comes down onto his forehead, and his eyes have a heat vision. Yeah, kind of threw me. Yeah, I was then, like, what is that? Yeah. Okay. And, then, and then on the extreme on the extreme right is the, the ship that went to Jupiter and the people that right. died there. Right. Um, the on, yeah, on the left is um Hythus's warriors, I'm guessing. Right. And then there's a woman holding a boy who looks like he's trying to punch something, and that could be Lois and John. On the right. bottom, in the middle, and then on the far end, is that supposed to be Hal? Where? On the far right, the, at uh, the bottom. It looks like a policeman screaming, and then there Hal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just like an alien sort of invasion okay. thing. Probably. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's just basically people dying, mayhem, blood. Destruction, bad yeah. yeah, bad things, yeah. So and we Lois, can see that it's it's the cause it's caused by that whole Jupiter spaceship thing and things. Yeah. So Lois has a hold of Clark. She says, "How can I help?" And he says, "It's over. I didn't see much, but what I saw was bad. There's something out there, Lois. Something bad. I have to go." She goes, "Now, but." He goes, the timing is awful, I know, but if it's looking for me, I can't let it come here. Everything will be fine. I'll be back soon, promise. And so then he whooshes off. And John's mm-hmm. looking and goes, that is just so cool. Look, <laughs> I feel the same way, honey, every time I see it. So do you want to take the, the last part back yeah, at the okay. island? Um yeah, back at the island, we have um, Hythus, and she's got uh, Henshaw's vined up, and he's saying, I don't know where the other half is. And she says, you lie. He's, and she drops him. And he goes, ah. And so she's holding the one half of the Oblivion Stone, and she says, I should kill you, but I dare not do so until I have answers. Fool. You have no idea what the Oblivion Stone is capable of. Though I can sense that you have used it. So, lovely one, where is your mate? She's talking to the stone. Um, She says, I must find it. For split as you are, your power is a fraction. 
and we see her looking into the stone we see the reflection of um hypers on the stone and then we see the other half and it zoomed in um and hypers is talking over and she says uh your power is a fraction of what it should be i will not rest until i find and reunite you no matter where you are and we see the other half is in clark's um fortress and this is clark's fortress because we can see the robot in the background and it says next the final battle yeah and this is the last book so what's gonna happen and then there's and and according to all the superman writers this book plays heavily into rebirth um right even the the people on dc you know dc comics does that unboxing um where they talk about comics and stuff and the people yeah. at dc comics uh, office they were like you need to get this issue and the next one if you want to know what's happening in rebirth and i was like whoa shout out for rebirth and for lois and clark like you know it's super important and then on the dc blog as well they had um when did it come out what was yesterday friday friday uh on yesterday they had like i said a huge you know as soon as you go on to dc comics dot com there's this thing at the top that says this just happened and it's superman lois and clark number seven and they talk about you know john finding his powers and what is the mysterious oblivion stone right and how does this how does this all play into dc rebirth read this issue and next week's issue to find out uh, next month's issue to find out and i'm like okay so they're really pumping this book right like a lot um well, anytime you get something called the oblivion stone and you've got two supermen is you know yeah, Same. so you it's know that well, no, you know something's up. Something is universe changing. Yeah, and also um, they said that Superman fifty two and right. Superman Lois and Clark number eight you have to read in conjunction. It's not like a continuation or anything, but there's some stuff in there that's gonna play into that, and there's some stuff in the other one that's going to play into the other one. And in Superman 52, the two Superman meet, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, because there's that huge uh, cover of, of the Chinese guy who's exploding and there's two Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Exciting times. So, isn't the other book that we have to read Justice League something? Yes, but you know, Justice League comes out so late because it's so damn delayed. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I will, I'd rather just read what's written by Dan Jones and Peter Tomasi because they're handling Superman. Uh, Justice right. League, you have to Justice League, you have to read to know about everyone, right? 
these two books you have to read and uh, also full um what's Hyman said that 52, 51 and 52 play heavily into Superwoman, right? So, in in Rebirth and things. So oh, okay, I yeah. Just, yeah. And I, you know what, no, no digs against Jeff Johns because Justice League is a very well-written book. It's just that they, they've shot him in the foot so many times with this, delays and and stuff you know i mean superwoman still having her goddamn baby you know in that previews i don't know if I, if you saw it i sent it to you i was like yeah, the baby's coming, the baby's coming. <laughs> yeah finally after how many years after I was, yeah i was just thinking i was just reading how long did it take for trinity war forever evil and now this dark side war and i'm like God, it's so long. It's literally like we've been running a marathon with Justice League because there's like no end in sight. Well, I think there is with Rebirth. Here's something else to think about. Justice League and Flash are both behind everybody else with numbers. Oh, Flash is slow. What's the irony but, in that? But, but the, no, no. The thing about it is, is that okay? So like, Justice League is only on number forty-nine. Oh, nice. and so is Flash. So is Flash. So what oh, does that okay. tell? You? So what does that tell you? It tells me Flash is going to have something to do with this rebirth. Mhm. Oh, definitely. Every time you get the sort of opening up of realities and things. Right. They have to include the Flash because, you know, he can split time. He can fuse time timelines. He can. He, I mean, literally, what Jeff yeah. John says is his power is the unknown because as soon as you start fiddling and meddling with time and time streams and the time stream continuum and you know, possible futures and parallel futures and all that sort of thing. Flash is like a potential to write any story. Right. So I think there's going to be something that will tie Justice League and Flash in it. I think Flash will, you know, it'll be like similar to Flashpoint where, you know, Mm -hmm. he screwed up, you know, they made him the scapegoat. Flashpoint screwed it up. Hopefully this fixes it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, any time that you have a reality that has, what's his name, Grifter in the Justice League, you know that somebody needs to pay the price. I remember, I still remember reading that Flashpoint special, and they showed me the Justice League, and I'm like, who is this handkerchief dude? Who is this? Who yeah. is this? Is this the Justice League? <laughs> What happened? What happened to the Justice League? And, so, yeah. So and we have you, a- you're mixing stuff, yeah, you're mixing stuff with Oblivion Stone, and, you know, Hythus is like, it's power, you don't know the, the, the power of the stone. Uh, you're mixing stuff with the anti-life equation, and dark side and you're mixing stuff with you know superwoman's baby is apparently some kind of 
new god or whatever being born um we'll see we'll see what it is what if the baby comes if the baby comes uh <laughs> we'll see what's happening in this issue um that baby's taking very long to come very very long i'm hoping when the baby comes out of her it'll be alfred e newman After I've been waiting this long, yeah, just make it a complete butt joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. I mean, is she giving birth to a herd of elephants or something? I don't know. Oh. You know? Oh. But why is Alma so concerned about her giving birth? That's not his kid. And where is Lex? Where is Alex Luther anyway? Didn't he die? Did he die? I thought he was in he prison died. too. I think he died because he was trapped in the Shazam thing for so long that he, like, killed himself. I don't know. Just like his kid probably killed itself. It's been a sighted wonder superwoman all the time. <laughs> a crazy. Baby, don't you cry. Like, oh goodness! I know. I'm sitting there going, I don't even care about this kid anymore. So what? What are they gonna do? Is he gonna be like be born and all of a sudden, boom, he's full grown? What? Uh, that's what I'm expecting because it's like, what even is happening here? So what? There's a baby born. There's Oblivion Stone. There's a uh, Dark Side uh, dead. Uh, uh, Lex Luthor has dark side powers, and he's going to be a Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lois is going to be a superwoman. I don't think they're going to hook up. No. Ew. What? So, New 52, Lois is going to be superwoman. At least they're giving pretty her something sure. to do. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be her. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, pre-Flashpoint Lois and John. Well, we don't really know about pre... We know John's going to be running around with Damien. <laughs> and I don't, we don't know what Poor pre-Flashpoint John. Lois is going to be doing. Poor John has the worst gig. He has to run around with Damien Wayne. Hmm? Right. Um, you know but I think that's Isn't going to Damien be a really old- fun comic. I'm going to be yeah, there. That's going to be like a really fun comic. Now, Damien's a couple years older than John, right? Well, you see, now this is where they screwed themselves over with that whole timeline thing of Batman had five Robins in five years. Right, um, but he, isn't he 11 or something? No. In in the New 52, he's 10, 9, so he's about the same age. As, so he and John are the same age. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll guess who, which one's the most mature. Mm. Take your bets now, people. I just want to see John and Damien have adventures with Titus, Crypto, and Batcow. And, yeah, that that comic will sell hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John will milk Batcow. And say, what are you doing? He goes, this is what you do to cows, dummy. This is what you do to a cow, because he grew up on a farm, so you'll know. He knows how to milk a cow. 
Ranger and, and Titus with the Superboys. Yes. <laughs> and Crypto is keeping watch on him. Crypto is basically the babysitter in the situation. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah. my goodness. What I gotta go get mean? Batman now. I've gotta go get Superman now. He's like, I gotta go get Alfred. <laughs> I have a feeling Damien and John's book will sell better than New Fifty Two Superman. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling Damien and John's book will sell better than Batman and Superman in the New Fifty Two, because. The biggest complaint, the biggest complaint about Batman and Superman in New 52 was that they were never shown to be the world's finest. Right. And what uh, what I've heard and what I've seen about um, Super, Super Sons is it's all about how they can help each other grow in this because right. they have some, they have one thing in common and that's it that is and that's that they are sons of these um heroes, these superheroes who have such a huge legacy to them. And so right. that's how they come together and that's how they form a friendship. That that's what was mentioned was the, the thing that really got me excited was the friendship part of it. And we see right. how that is formed. Well here's the other yeah. thing. They've never really had a book that kids could read about superheroes true true and this book is right up that alley if they keep it like that i mean i hope they don't you know bring on because well i john is such uh, john is such a you know cheery character you know he's not mm-hmm. mopey like new 52 superman so i think they're going to keep that book like it's accessible to children as well yeah. you can take it home mm-hmm. and read it to your kids yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a good selling point as well. And mm-hmm. because, you know, you get you're still getting the Batman Superman dynamic. Um and I think every everybody else is because they have, we have they have never given us world's finest uh people who miss that are going to want to read that book as well. So, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Isn't uh Jorge, um, drawing that one? Yes. Oh, and you must see the the, the sort of character tests he did for yeah. John. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. John's like the super cool kid. He's got his super jacket on, but he's got a cape, right, on right. his hoodie. And then he's got, like, ripped jeans and his, and his sneakers. And I'm like... Okay, small little hints here. You know, he's in a jacket, yeah. he's got his jeans, and, but, yeah. Well, he still grew up on a farm, too. So, you right. know, and Damien, although he was raised by assassins, I assume, still. <laughs> um, you know, he's the big city kid who's rich, you know. Daddy's got, you know, grandpa you know, racist people from the <coughs> dead, you know. Right. Well, from what I read in um, Batman and Robin, um, Damien basically took over and ran Wayne Enterprises. Right. Because, you know, when his whole, when that whole thing, I mean, the Quart of Owls, like, kidnapped Batman and stuff and things. 
he basically stood in, came up and stood in and took over Wayne Enterprises and helped to run it and things like that. So, a 10-year-old? Yeah, well, Damien Wayne thinks he's 50, okay. Um, well, okay, but can you, okay, so Bruce Wayne at 10, this is his parents in front of his eyes. And mm-hmm. when his son is 10, he's running the business. Yeah, basically. What? <laughs> um, but yeah, Damien Wayne is just that type of character. He thinks he's already like, yeah. you know, he's 10, but he thinks he's 30, you know. Um, well, he's had that much life experience, according to his history. I mean, come on. According John, to his history, according yeah. to his history, he's he's had a lot of yeah stuff happen. Life experience. Where John, right. you know, was raised on a farm, just found out my dad's Superman. Yeah, the, this is gonna be cool, man. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, David's gonna I be all see... serious and shit, and John's be like, yeah, no. Yeah, chill, dude. Yeah, Damien, Damien will be like, Damien will be like, oh, the world's in peril, that sort of, you know, he's he's a very sort of dramatic character, uh, and John will be like, hey, bro, want to build a fire and have some s'mores, you know? And yeah. He's like, and, and Damien will be like, how dare you, how dare you describe, I am the son of, I am the grandson of the demons and, and the son of the best, and then he'll be like, ooh. What's that? <laughs> well, yeah, I like, hope that I could milk bat cow for you. <laughs> yeah, I could. I could milk bat cow. We can take the milk and we can make like a tart or something. <laughs> and Damien will be like, "How dare you disgrace my bat cow like that?" And um, but yeah, I hope what the dynamic will be is John humanizing Damien a little bit more. Right. Because. Damien is one spoiled brat who you just want to hit so hard. He's so annoying. Never liked him. Never liked him. Um, I hope John gets me to like him a little bit. That would be good. That would be nice. John's pretty engaging. um, Very engaging. You know, the biggest thing I've ever seen coming out of Superman, Clark, and Lois, other than people saying... Hurrah, real Superman is back. Hurrah, Lois Lane is a, is, is a hero. People love John. People, and yeah. I think that's the main influence to Super Sons, is that people genuinely just love John. Yeah. And, yeah. Because You know why? Because they, you know can, what? Let him, they can let him be Clark. Yes, yes, you know the happy-go-lucky Clark, the you know um, where you know New Fifty Two never was happy-go-lucky, comfortable in his own skin thing, not at all. Good. I don't think John's going to be like, oh, I have superpowers. What shall I do? No, no, he's not going to be, like, be like that. He's like, hey, this is cool, man. Look at this, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be like. Hey man, I can start the fire with lasers from my eyes. Uh, <laughs> and I'm half Kryptonian. You know, don't mess with me. I don't give a crap about your demon grandpappy. <laughs> and you know, I was just thinking as we're talking, Dan Juggins needs to be given like a star on the the Hollywood Walk of Fame or whatever, or like right. in 
DC head offices because he's given Superman his the foe that's killed him. He's given Superman the love of his life in the wedding. I mean, yes, obviously other people have also right, right. added to that, right? And now he's given him his son and his family. And truly, truly, he's created a character that is, I think, going to live in the Superman mythology. Right. I mean, we were all heartbroken when Chris Kent yeah. got sucked into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. And so to yeah. to be given this now, you know, Lois and Clark actually having a baby, you know, it's that one thing that that sort of in that continuity of, of the 2000, 1990s and 2000s, you never really knew if they could, right? Right. And and then they sort of introduced Chris as a sort of, well, th- this is how they can have, but to give them now this, this child, you know, in their going right. on to their 80th year, you know, this is, will be their 78th anniversary. We just passed it on. April 18th, this yep. week. Yay, happy anniversary, Samantha and Lois. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while since they got married. Uh, yep. 20 years, right? Yep. Am I right? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 20th what, anniversary. November? Yeah. Yeah. In, in In October, November this year, yeah. Wow, we should celebrate that. Get the yeah. peeps on. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Rebirth. Um, I'm very, very shocked and amazed at how well Peter Tomasi is writing Superman. Uh, right. But he has always been iffy be with. Yeah, he's always been iffy with one woman. He always makes it this like. You know, she's standing in the rain and looking at Clark giving old couple the cab sort of thing. And she's like, seriously, did you need to give them the cab? And she's like, uh, why are you writing on this old typewriter? I have a laptop. Don't you have a laptop? You know, that's the sort of characterization he gives her. Yeah. Right? And even now, we see her crazy as if, you know, standing outside in the cold saying, oh, here you are. When were you going to tell... No, you do it in your voice. Hmm? When were you going to tell me? <laughs> Clark's like, oh, jeez. And Clark's, Clark's like, oh, I should never shown her this place. Well, she did wreck one of them, so... I don't think he invited her. No, he didn't. I'm just thinking about that. The first time he took her to the fortress... She followed him. Yeah. There yeah. you go. She doesn't need an invitation. Whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm. I hope he took that key away. So. Well, he okay. gave. Well, he technically just vetoed that because he gave Kara the key to the complete fortune. Right. So. Right. Right. He's showing the importance of who's the important woman in his life. Well, yeah. Lana, because he couldn't go to his mother because, you know, his mother's dead. So Lana is sort of representing Smallville. Right. Lois is Lois is obviously the key, right? Right. And 
And then his his like sister, his his cousin Kara, who's going to probably take the mantle for him. Right. Yeah. Yep. Wonder Woman ain't that important. No. Yeah, and I don't get why her and uh, Batman don't trust pre Flashpoint Superman. Seriously? Oh, please. Clark is gonna. Clark is gonna. I was discussing this with someone. Clark is gonna bake a bunch of a bunch of cookies, and he's gonna take it to them. And he's gonna be like, "See, you can trust me." It, that issue will be solved in two books. You'll be they'll just like see how great he is, and they'll be like, "We can trust this dude." We'll see. We'll see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So next week is the foment. It's the first real test of Tomasi's run for the next yep. few months, though. Yep. And then after that, we only have one more month before rebirth, though. So. Well, not even that. March 25th, so. Um, May. Pretty much May a month 25th. from. May 25th, sorry. Um, pretty much a month from today, plus two days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I think this was a great show. I really appreciate you coming on, Tej. Always a pleasure. You know, I always like doing it. I love and... talking about this with you. You understand me. <laughs> and you understand my craziness. You understand, like, when I say, no, no, this won't happen. What? Um, it's like we have the same reactions to things, so... <laughs> Yeah, I want to say hi to Wendy Sue, who's been with us the entire time in the chat room. Hey, Wendy Sue, thanks for hanging in. We love you, Wendy Sue. And I'm going to say good night. I hope everybody Mm -hmm. has a great rest of the weekend, and we'll be back next Saturday to talk about Tomasi's romance issue. (laughs) Uh, So, everybody have a great week. Good night. Good night. Bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.